Woo woo, it's Friday. Oh my goodness, you guys are going to just absolutely love this interview that we have for you tonight. Uh, we got the one and only Jay Alex Brinson coming yes. on the show from All Rise, most notably right now. And, but more importantly, he comes on and we get deep. We do get deep. I mean, he even actually turns the tables on us at the beginning of this interview <laughs> yeah. and kind of interviews us. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, we've talked about it, teasing this thing that that it's probably our most personal interview. Yeah. That that you know we really got into on our side of it and his side. So really excited to. And he wasn't scared to talk about issues either. No. So he was not. He was not. If you guys remember Denim Richards, compared to that, but this time we got to talk a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love Denim Richards' interview. Don't don't get us wrong, but man, that man had a goal. But yeah, so did. did so did Jay, Jay Alex. So did Jay Alex. But that interview is later on in the show, and I know people are much anticipating that. But now let's get a little crazy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, episode 129 this week. Yes, one week away. From 130. Dude, it's Woo! insane. It is insane. It is just flying by. It really is. Flying by. Absolutely insane. This year is like damn near over. It is. And 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 we should say, before we get into anything, um, we're having some fun and everything, but not at the expense of um, what today is. Yes. Uh, 9-11, uh, the anniversary of, and... Um, Never Just forget, man. Never forget, man. Thoughts go out to everybody, all the families, everybody involved who lost loved ones that day. And, um, you know, I don't think this country will ever get over that. No, so, I um, agree. It's one of those situations where you literally – everybody who you come in contact with today, you're like – you ask them, where were you? Right, right. You know? And um, so – but we wanted to put that out there. You know, we, uh, we are all about having fun and you have to keep moving forward, but – not ever forgetting. So. Yes, agreed, agreed, and honoring that. It's just absolutely insane. Definitely a very memorable moment. Um, and we also want to, because everybody knows, I mean, obviously, it's shook up our whole world right now, the COVID-19 pandemic, and we're experiencing a little bit of, uh, I guess you could say, symptoms and things happening like that. So we've gone back into quarantine. We're doing the show socially distanced this week and possibly the upcoming weeks as well. So for the time being, for the YouTube video, we'll still put it out on YouTube, but it will not be recorded like we normally do That's on right. uh, tape. So I uh, just want to put that out there, give you all the heads up. If you want to listen to it on YouTube after the fact, after it drops on podcast platforms, it'll still be available on Saturday, but you will not be able to see us. <laughs> so, I, mean, I know a lot of people like to see us. <laughs> That's true. And maybe some people don't. So yeah. maybe you'll be happy about exactly. that. Right? You know, I don't know. But, exactly. Uh, we do still have the website, though, and yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah. It's all there. And you guys know your host with the most, myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouse. What's up? Getting through it, man. Getting through it. We got a lot to talk about today. There's a lot of Disney news. There's some stuff going on with the Oscars that we're going to dive deep into and give our opinions on that. There's a lot of stuff with that. Oh, so yeah. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll try to make it as short as possible, but still get you all the factual information out there. Um, but you guys know, before we get this thing started, we got to plug our merchandise website Absolutely. the one and only 
www.crazyantmedia.com. Be sure to head over there and start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. <laughs> Click on the merchandise tab, and we just got anything and everything for your sister, your grandma, your brother, your sibling, right. anything like that. We got you covered, man. Start getting a little crazy with your Crazy Ant gear. Was that w- yeah, right. like your warm-up for the names coming yeah, up? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> we got some doozies. That's so. what it was. That's what it was, man. But, I mean... All right, let's get this thing kicked off with the Oscars. We've been teasing about it, and just it's a lot of stuff, man. It's a lot of stuff. It's and it's a lot of controversial stuff. Yeah, we talked about this whole inclusive initiative that 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 they're trying to kick off over the next five years or so. Well, they've laid out some of those uh, requirements now, um, and the most significant one that where the people are talking about the most is the qualifications now to be eligible for Best Picture. Mm. Um, Whew. Man, in order to get nominated now, you have a lot of stuff you have to meet. Um, first and foremost, you have to have at least one of these Asian, Hispanic or Latino, Black African American, Indigenous, Native American, Alaskan Native, Middle Eastern, North African, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander as a lead or significant supporting character in your movie in order to get nominated for Best Picture. Mm. One of those races has to be represented in the lead role or major supporting in order to get nominated mm. for Best Picture. That's that's huge. It is. Um, but they're not done. They're no, no, not, not done. Not even close. No. With all those ethnicities that we just mentioned, okay, additionally – For production and marketing jobs, you have to employ women, LGBTQ plus members, um, one of the following of the races that we mentioned, people with cognitive and or physical disabilities. For example, people who are deaf, hard of hearing, or um, might require, I don't know, assistance, maybe wheelchair bound or something. At least 30% of the actors or in secondary roles have to be represented by one of those groups and at least 30% of your crew has to be represented by one of those groups. Uh. You don't have to meet all three of the requirements. Like you don't have to have one of those groups represented by 30% crew. You don't have to have one percent, uh, one of your, um, Supporting characters represented 30% and the lead. But you have to have one of those three in order to qualify. So tricky and and controversial. It is. It is. I feel like, one, it's not too much to ask. I feel like it's good and bad at the same time. One, it's not too much to ask. But then at the same time, like, what – I mean, of course, coming – for the future and like forthcoming, I feel like you're obviously gonna think about this when you're crewing up and where you're casting people. But like, I don't know what happened to it being a story driven thing. Like, I don't know, maybe, but it's a good thing though. I feel like it's good because you shouldn't necessarily write a actor or a character as this is a white role, this is a black role. So I think in a sense, it's a good thing, but also in a sense, I think it should be more about the storytelling. I do. I think I think the ones who are going to have the hardest time are the creators themselves just because the feedback that they or or criticism that they may take writing to these certain requirements. Right. And I just go back to recent stories that we talked about with Scarlett Johansson or Zendaya where, you know, people freaked 
out when Zendaya was cast as Mary Jane in yeah. Spider-Man. Well, Mary Jane's not black. What are you doing hiring a black actress to play that? You know, like what you were talking about with, you know, it's a good thing to not have roles written as a black or a white. Right. You know, so, and look, Zendaya killed it. She was killed just it. awesome so a, as Mary Jane. And then the other example would be that we talked about recently that was such controversy is when Scarlett Johansson was going to play a transgender and they said, they said, why are you getting a straight non-trans person to play a trans person? Right. So, and, and the heat that went down with all of that. So I, I think that no matter what you do with these requirements or these type things, it's all meant for all the right reasons. Definitely. Unfortunately, I think that we're going to continue to see pushback. We're going to continue yeah. to see people react in negative ways until we can get it all figured out. Yeah. So I hope that the creators are aware of that going in. Yeah. I hope they don't just make decisions based on, I have to do this because yeah, of these rules. Exactly. Um, and that they stick with their creativity and just the best people get the roles. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think that's what we're going to talk a lot about in this uh, industry news segment. It's all about appointing the best people to the right position. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting, man. It's definitely going to be interesting. And uh, it'll be interesting if these rules also apply for different categories in the future. But uh, And the Academy themselves. Yeah. Let's be honest about it, guy. Inclusivity in the Academy like ranks. The voting, yeah. Is, is and members is not what they're trying to force onto the onto the project so maybe you should look in-house and work on that as much as you're trying to work on the project requirements as well agreed just saying agreed man agreed Uh, but heading over to disney they are making some moves uh disney's 20th television has promoted aaron may to vp of drama development Uh, she will be responsible for identifying and developed developing uh talent and seeing projects from the pitch series all across all platforms they got going on uh may is currently working on hulu's upcoming drama dope sick yeah this is a good move man i mean she she's had a a pretty extensive career and she's been the you know the main driving force behind a lot of hits so this seems to be a smart move and i you know i like the idea of having one person in charge from the the time the project is pitched all the way till it's it's being literally in production and filmed. Right. I like the idea of one person guiding that project. Um, so this is a smart move. Disney Disney knows what they're doing and yeah. dope sick. Yeah. I mean that that's a project to be jumping on right now, right? Exactly. I mean, whoo. I mean, look at this shit. Fucking Caitlin Deaver is now set to star opposite of Michael Keaton. Yeah. So, I mean, in the eight episode limited series so. yeah and peter skarsgård was announced he's he's joining the cast so i mean this is an insane cast y'all exactly and danny strong our boy uh, yes gonna be show running and th- i mean I-, I told him the other day i said i already see oscar i, I mean uh, emmy nominations coming for sure like there's no way you can have this cast and then have danny running it and not have Emmy nominations. Exactly. It's going to happen. Little so. Quinny. Little Quinny. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to our interview with him. Yes, yes. And for anybody who doesn't know Dope Sick, it's about the opioid crisis in America. Yeah. It's going to deep dive into that. And I mean, come on, Keaton. Right. Deep diving into the opioid crisis with Caitlin Deaver. What? Hey. Go go watch Caitlin Deaver on Justified. Right. You'll see what I'm talking about, Emmy. Hell it's going to yeah. be Emmys. Hell yeah. More exciting news happening at Disney and Disney Plus. Falcon and the Winter Soldier 
has begun filming in Atlanta again this week. Super excited. I yes. mean, we all know freaking it got halted and also reported uh, WandaVision is also back as well. So, yep, yep, yep. They only have a little bit left to shoot. So they're shooting in LA and that's supposed to, I guess, start next week with the actual filming. But uh, yeah, I'm super pumped. I don't know. Still no date on when they're going to, to appear on Disney Plus because of yeah. the delays. We have no idea when that will will happen but the even just the thought of their back to filming and wrapping things up so that they can get into post and get some i mean that's exciting because yeah man people have been waiting for this stuff forever exactly I mean, yeah. super ready for marvel studios to start putting out some television content yes. because i mean they've definitely been lacking on that and we talked about that but i mean i'm super excited because i can only imagine these are going to be like 45 minute films basically. oh yeah definite definite so uh other things happening at disney and abc signature uh man this show is getting so many spinoffs blackish is getting another spinoff put in development oldish yes. and it's gonna star kina barris and Lawrence fishburne yes yes and jennifer lewis and, and jennifer lewis yeah uh, coming from kina barris yes 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 but yeah i mean they're, they're like you said i mean this show is literally every character is spinning off into their own show yeah. i don't know who's gonna be left on blackish but right. it's gonna it's gonna be i mean fantastic so uh, and it's, I guess, going to follow the lives of um, the parents. Yeah. And they move into a new community, and it's basically like starting over, you know, enjoying their seniorhood, starting all over again. So that'll be interesting. Definitely, definitely. And, I mean, we talked about this one a couple weeks ago. Well, actually, a couple of months ago. I mean, it's been a while since they announced it. Uh, you know, the Doogie Hauser reboot. Uh, now they got an official name, and Disney Plus has given the official order series order for uh i don't want to butcher this one so that's all you doogie kameloa doogie yeah. kameloa md yeah and uh, <laughs> yeah it's obviously uh the series is going to have a mixed race teenage girl uh from hawaii as the lead character um and the actress playing her is mixed race from hawaii yeah. so uh it, you know um perfect casting right um and it's basically gonna be the same premise as the original doogie it's gonna be a teenage doctor who has a mentor at the hospital you know and her family is trying to deal with her in this career and yet she's just a teenage girl also trying to be just a teenage girl so um very much along the lines of the original show yeah um who knows? Are we going to see cameos? We don't know. We don't know. But, I hope so. But it's official now, though. It, it Disney Plus has picked it up. It's going to series. Like you said, it's got the name. It's got the lead. Boom. There we go. Exactly. All it needs is Neil Patrick Harris. Just saying. <laughs> we'll see. Just saying. Uh, other exciting things. Kelly Ripa, you know, from uh, Ryan and Kelly or Kelly and Ryan. I'm sure it's Kelly and Ryan. Oh, because yeah. Because she likes her name in the front. Um, and Mark Consuelos, you know, her husband, have signed a deal with Lifetime to produce two movies for the networks ripped from the headline slate. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be pretty interesting. It's going to – they're going to serve as executive producers for the Untitled Projects where it's set to debut – and uh yeah 2021 so ripped from the headlines ripped. get it ripped <laughs> ripper yeah yeah i mean she's a powerhouse at abc so she it is. only makes sense that she negotiates and gets these contracts with abc owned properties and stuff so we'll see i mean people like her yeah man yeah man uh eva Longora uh has <laughs> 
Yeah, no, maybe. Okay. Longoria. Longoria. Yes, you yes. know, everybody knows. Um, has re-upped a three-year deal, first look deal with 20th Television and her unbelievable entertainment. She has several projects already in the works with the studio, yeah. so this only makes sense. She's had a long-time relationship with ABC also since Desperate Housewives. Yeah. I mean, she's done all kinds of stuff with them, so this only makes sense that she would re-up a contract. I mean, at least Disney's smart in keeping people in-house. Yeah. You know, you got successful relationships keep building them so. exactly exactly i mean they lost out on the royals but you know that's true it's <laughs> <laughs> true bye-bye but they have evil on yeah so, you know exactly and keeping with like i said if you have an established relationship keep it Derek huff this is what everybody's excited about this they should be because it's about the only exciting thing for the show right <laughs> i'm just gonna say it. Derek huff is returning to dancing with the stars but this time as a judge. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, for you guys who don't know Huff, you know, Derek, not Julianne, not his sister, but Derek is the most winning dancer on the show. Oh, wow. In the show's history. He's won the most times, and he'll be joining Carrie Ananaba and Bruno Tonioli as the judges. Why? Because of Corona. Len Goodman, head <laughs> judge Len Goodman, you know, everybody's favorite Englishman. Um, he's stuck uh, in England. He can't travel because of Corona restrictions. So... Derek is stepping in to take his place as the head judge uh, for this upcoming season. Yeah. Uh, Julianne did it for a little while. She stepped in and was a judge for a little while. So um, I don't know. I think people are excited about it just because Derek is so popular with the show. Yeah. Uh, Lynn will still do video type stuff and make comments and, and uh, you know, critiques, but will not be involved with the actual judging of the dance. I see. So Lynn will still be there, guys. Yeah. He just, you know. Anybody named Derek, I'm behind. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Um, oh. Oh, man, this sucks. This really freaking sucks. I, I, I mean... Again, again. Yes. Everybody wants to see this, just like Black Widow, but guess what, guys? Wonder Woman 1984 being moved again. Yeah. December 13th of last year is when it was supposed to come out. Yeah. Then they moved it back to November of last year. Then they moved it forward to Memorial Day of this year. No. Then they moved it forward again to October of this year. Now, it's moving again. Mm. It's not coming out on October 2nd, guys. Now, Christmas. This is the new tenant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, this is the new tenant. Seriously, seriously. They, they said that the studio, uh, this decision was made by the studio quite a while ago and that they're just now announcing it. And the exhibitors knew the move was coming as well. They said they're basing this on the success that they saw Aquaman have in yeah. this same time period around the Christmas holiday. Um. And they feel like this will be its best chance to have success at the box office, yeah. which is what they want, because the major markets are still closed in New York, L.A., and, and they're hoping to be open by December. Yeah, hopefully. Now, they say all that, and yet they announced also that Dune, which they just released that kick-ass trailer for, is going to stay in the October time slot. Mm. So they're <laughs> either they're saying a bullshit excuse about why they're moving Wonder Woman, or they're saying they don't give a shit what Dune does at the box office. Right. Like Either way, which one is it? Because why would you keep Dune if you're worried about box office success and you're moving Wonder Woman to ensure box office right. success? Why do you keep Dune in October? Yeah. Just saying. It doesn't make it much it sense. It doesn't make sense. Uh, but that thing was trending like crazy over it the was. weekend. Like, it was. 
it was. Oops. Insane, man. Absolutely insane. Uh, other things that are insane, uh, Harry Styles has replaced Shia LaBeouf and Olivia Wilde's upcoming thriller. Don't worry, di- darling. I mean, it makes sense, though, because this guy is super busy right now, and it says he departed from the project due to scheduling conflicts. Yeah, there was I mean, no other crazy, bad, you know, out there reason. It's just literally, like you said, he's busy as shit, and he had to drop out because of scheduling. So, yeah. This is a huge cast, though. Now you got Styles and Florence Pugh and Chris Pine, and then, of course, Olivia is going to be in it at yeah. some point in a supporting role because she's directing it. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, whoo. Harry, good for him, man. Dunkirk coming right out and firing he's, up and being like going, right? He's making some moves, man, especially on the on-camera side of things. Look, like, I get Harry Styles. I do not get Machine Gun Kelly. No. I Just there was a couple of announcements people, about him yeah. being in some more movies coming up, and I'm like, why? Yeah. Just you go, Harry Styles, and if you want to replace Machine Gun in anything, you go for it. Anything. You go for it. <laughs> oh, my god. I'm goodness. just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, with all this crazy shit happening at Warner Brothers, uh, this is surprising because I'm surprised they just haven't taken a long delay. Mm. Uh, the Ellen DeGeneres show is set to kick off its 18th season on May, September 21st, and she will be talking about the backstage fucking crazy allegations in the toxic workplace so i'm guessing that's going to be episode one uh yeah like it has I, to I be i mean it would have to be i mean and then uh what she's gonna say or what she's yeah, gonna I, do i don't know she's still got people coming out like i i'm guessing an old housekeeper is suing her now saying that she was abusive to her oh, and, wow. and like you know so she's still got problems that she's dealing with and i don't think this is gonna go away anytime soon yeah but it's a cash cow for warner brothers so i mean it only makes sense that they're gonna keep it going yeah it um, makes sense it makes sense the real test is gonna be this upcoming season i feel like yeah if it like completely bombs and fails i think this will be the last one i mean oddly though no advertisers have bailed on her yet which so. is surprising yeah which I, is I mean, super surprising i mean i always go back to tiger woods look how many fucking endorsements bailed out of him once all that shit came out yeah so we'll see we'll keep following it yeah man oh i'm super excited because my boy john cena and uh, nicole Byer are tapped to host in uh, tbs's revival of wipeout yes super excited yes. man i mean He's he's really making his way in the entertainment industry that's not wrestling. He really is, man. He, uh, you know, he's following that rock path. He is. He really is, and he's doing it smartly. So uh, I think he's going to have a huge career in front of him. I love this. I love this idea. Wipeout was a huge show on ABC. You know, so now that TBS is getting it, you know, Warner took it from the mouse. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a huge success again. We should say Camille Kostek is going to take uh, Jill Wagner's place as the on-field reporter. Um, so that'll be interesting because that was always fun to hear them, you know, talk to these people after ridiculous things. Yeah, right. <laughs> here's the big question, though, that everybody was worried about when we first talked about this a couple of months ago that they were even talking about doing this reboot of Wipeout. You know, and I even made the joke, the big red balls, right? Yeah. Right? Everybody's needs to they're coming back they need the big red they balls. need the big red balls and tbs has announced that no fear the big red balls <laughs> will be back oh, uh, new courses new challenges new things but the big red balls are back yes so there you go rest easy guys everybody's rest excited easy. about big red balls <laughs> um but I, I guess they're better than blue balls uh, yeah, I, I, you, you know, know you, you know. know oh my goodness <laughs> 
TBS has also picked up a full season of an hour-long talent competition series titled Go Big Show. Uh, the show is going to highlight the most extreme talents, including monster truck races, alligator training, and mm. stunt archery as contestants compete against each other for a grand prize of $100,000. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Now, I want to see Snoop Dogg. Talk about, you know, somebody training or wrestling alligators. Right. Snoop Dogg, guys. <laughs> Snoop Dogg, Rosario Dawson, Jennifer Nettles, and the American Nightmare, Cody, from All Elite Wrestling. Yes. Cody. Cody. They're going to be the judges. That's great. Talk about an eclectic group of judges. <laughs> right. This is going to be really interesting. That's coming from everywhere, man. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I just don't even know. I mean, like, will we see Cory Booker show up? Right. If Rosario Dawson is judging, will Cory Booker show up? I That's think he all, should. I think he should. Oh, my. Cory Booker and Snoop Dogg. If they even just take a toke, I'm totally down for watching that show. <laughs> Cory Booker's all about legalizing marijuana everywhere. You can't tell me you're going to get Cory Booker showing up with Rosario and not have him smoke with Snoop. Right. I'm just saying. All right. I, anyway. I feel like, like it's a thing. I just made, I just said, that, like, now hopefully Cory hears that and is like, I got to have that happen. I got like, to. I got to. Got oh, to. my goodness. <laughs> um, some crazy things happening at Viacom CBS. Mm, yeah. Um, President of production at Paramount's Motion Picture Group, Elizabeth uh, Rupso? Yeah, Raposo. Raposo is exiting her role. Uh, this comes out of nowhere. The department or the departure comes as Emma Watts takes leadership of the Motion Picture Group, uh, and she played a key role in films such as Rocket Man, Quiet Place, Mission Impossible, Fallout, Bumblebee, and the latest uh, Star Trek films. And, and yeah, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. So this is a woman who put a lot on the table, and I'm guessing, I don't know, just the sudden announcement that she's leaving. I don't know if that means she was not okay with having to fall under Emma. Yeah. You know, or was it Emma's decision to? Yeah. Exactly. You know, so I. I I don't know this this is a weird one um but it was just bloop, i'm leaving yeah oh uh, well, right. okay yeah. so that's not the only shake-up though we got a lot of shake-ups to talk about and, and i mean whew, a lot of stuff going on in all of the uh, networks and studios man but good stuff also though not yeah. not just you know everybody another thing that we can put to rest everybody was worried everybody was panicked were you panicked i don't know panicked <laughs> is the right word right but word i guess after months of negotiations guys months of negotiations nev campbell has signed on officially boom she is coming back as sydney prescott in the new scream reboot i know people what? are excited I mean, this this was a given. Hey, everybody's I mean, I coming back. I think they draw that all out just to be like, oh my gosh, uh, can you have that without her? You couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't have a screen movie without Sydney, so you knew Nev was coming back. Exactly. Uh, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, you know they're coming back as Dewey and Gale also. And then we've already talked about last week, Jack Quaid, Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Kyle Gaynor, Jasmine Savoy Brown. Woo! Those are all the newcomers coming to the cast with the old guys. That's not it, though. Now we're finding out Dylan Mignette from uh, 13 Reasons Why, Mason Gooding, and Mickey Madison, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, Mason Gooding, we should say, Love Victor. Um, they're all now attached to it as well. Yeah. So 
I don't know. It seems like every week we're adding like 15 people to this cast. Well, it but, seems like. <laughs> anyway, we'll keep you updated. Scream reboot, you know, 85 new members. There right. you go. Yeah, but of course, the biggie was Nev Campbell. Oh, yeah. Nev Campbell is back, guys. So yeah. There I mean, go. that thing should uh, start shooting soon. Uh, yeah, it starts uh, shooting, I think, uh, near the end of next month mm. in North Carolina. Yeah. In Wilmington. So Wilmington. that's exciting. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And Paramount Pictures has acquired the home entertainment and television uh, licensing rights to three uh, Romulus? Romulus Entertainment feature films, Dreamland, starring Margot Robbie, uh, the Charlie Hunnam and Jack O'Connell boxing movie, Jungle Land, and the Amber Heard, uh, Jonathan Majors, Terrence Howard, L.A. crime pick, Gully. Uh, so all three movies will be released in select theaters uh, by Vertical Entertainment in conjunction with their release on home entertainment platforms. Oh, interesting. So in conjunction with. Yeah. Mm, meaning same time. That might be a smart move for, you know, anything with Amber Heard right now because I, I, mm. I know. I'm just waiting for the announcement that, you know, Warner Brothers is going to recast her in Aquaman. In Aquaman. I'm just saying. Uh, my, my vote goes to Emma Clark. I hope she takes the role. Mm, that would be epic, wouldn't yeah. it? Oh, my gosh, man. That would be so awesome. Right? <sighs> You do you remember Tammy Wynette? I have no idea who no, that is. No, Tammy George Jones. <laughs> yeah, George I know who Jones. George Jones. Yeah, is. well, Tammy Wynette is the woman that he beat, and you know, oh, wow. like his wife, alcohol problems and drug problems when he was abusive, and yeah. she stood by her man. Mm. That's who she is, Tammy Wynette. Oh. Stand by. I, okay. I see. I she see. stood by her man. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Chastain is going to be playing Tammy Wynette um, in a limited series called George and Tammy. Now, here's the crazy thing. This was originally developed as a feature film for Fox Searchlight. Mm. Um, but now it is headed to Spectrum and Paramount Network. What? All right. So, yeah. Um it's inspired by um, their relationship, turbulent and violent at times, but uh, it did inspire, as I just said, Stand By Your Man, some of the most iconic music of all time in country music. Uh. Um, and here's where it's interesting. Spectrum is going to have the series exclusively for nine months when it first airs. Um, then it will stream on CBS All Access, and then Paramount Network will also get it after it expires on Spectrum. Uh. So there you go. That's really weird to me. I think they're doing kind of an HBO thing right now with the whole HBO Now and HBO Go and then now HBO Max. Like, why don't you just consolidate Paramount Network and CBS All Access? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like that would just be so much more helpful, especially CBS All Access is killing it right now. They are. So, and I mean, it would make sense. I'm still waiting for that rebranding. Yeah. We, we keep seeing it all the time, but we still nothing. What is it going to be called? When is it going to happen? Like, they keep teasing it, but, you know. I'm, I, I'm gonna miss CBS All Access. I know, I am too. Just don't use some stupid ass name like Peacock. That's yeah, all yeah. I'm saying. Okay? <laughs> CBS Plus, yeah, yeah. Like... or or CBS Plus, or oh I Plus. Oh, I. oh no, no, because the I logo. No, don't make it I Plus. That'd be really weird. Oh my God, Apple will sue. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> like they'll be right there. It's like, don't do it, bitch. We own everything. I. <laughs> right. like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, but other exciting things happening in that world uh, in the. The CBS Viacom, Viacom CBS world. <laughs> I always do it. I always do you it. Do, and it's, it's okay. It is fine. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, Showtime has renewed The Shy for its fourth season following ratings, ratings growth in the third run, uh, which aired in its season finale on, you know, August 23rd. Yep. And it... 
Justin Hillian will return as executive producer and showrunner for season four, which this is the first time that a showrunner has sticked around for more than one season. Yeah, which is crazy to me because this has been a pretty popular show. And so the idea that these showrunners keep exiting was – that was shocking to me. Yeah, it's pretty surprising that it still is popular and still is story-driven with like so many people's different vision. Yeah, and I guess uh, season three grew by more than 10% over season two, which is what spurred them renewing it for season four yeah. so uh, and i mean this is definitely a show that has not been free of controversy no you know so uh no, the idea know. that it's moving forward yeah um jason mitchell like. yeah what? go back and listen to our shows guys you know you'll know all about it you'll know all about it <laughs> uh but uh crazy things crazy things and mm. stuff happening at nbc universal uh they have announced its replacement for former vice chairman ron mayer 30-year company veteran Bonnie Hammer is taking over from the position and will serve as key role and advisor for NBC Universal CEO Jeff Shell. Yes, so it makes sense. Yep, and then so it only makes sense now that that the Hammer has been promoted. Where's her spot going? Yep. Well, they also promoted Universal TV president Perlena Igbauki. Uh, to chairman of NBC Universal's content studios, taking over the role previously occupied by. Hammer. Boom. Um, Igbakwe will now have oversight of Universal Television, Universal Content Productions, and NBC Universal International Studios. That's exciting. I'm glad they they fill seats. I'm that's something I will say with NBC Universal. They always fill spots because I feel like when you try to consolidate spots, sometimes the content will lack, and yeah. sometimes like the product will not be as good. So I'm glad that they know how to move things around. Absolutely, and 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 rightfully addressing, so, yeah, exactly, and and addressing the concern about content. It's yeah. funny that you bring that up Well-ha-ha. because NBC Universal also announced that former Warner Brothers TV president Susan Rovner. She's been tapped as the new top entertainment programming executive in charge of content. Uh, Unclear what her title will actually be, but she will oversee all programming portfolios that include the Peacock, Basic Cable Networks, USA, Sci-Fi, and Bravo, and E, and the broadcast network NBC. She's going to be tasked with leading the content groups covering scripted, unscripted, alternative, and late-night programming. Here's the kicker, though. She's kind of like giving a kick in the teeth and a big FU to um, Warner Brothers because apparently she was the heir apparent to replace Peter Roth when he stepped down of, as chairman of Warner Brothers TV. Mm, but she's not there anymore. Not now. <laughs> so um, their succession plan has taken a big hit. And yep. guess we'll have to wait and see who's going to get that spot. In a little bit, we'll talk about somebody that might fill that role. You know, might fill it, might, could, maybe, maybe, we possibly. Don't know. It makes sense, though. I mean, we've been talking about it for weeks on weeks and that all this shifting towards streaming, and now that people are putting people in places to where they feel like they will excel in the streaming content game. Yes. So it makes sense. And I mean, this is. I don't want to say a huge cherry pick from uh, Warner Media to uh, NBC Universal, but it's kind of a cherry pick. She did have to negotiate apparently for several weeks to get out of her contract because she had a, con- a year left on her contract yeah, with Warner that. Brothers TV. So um, interesting, right? But I mean, the Peacock is doing something right. <laughs> oh my goodness, they have given a two-season order to that drama, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air reboot or uh, retelling. Really, it's not a reboot, right? Retelling right. Bel Air. Uh, uh, it's going to be an hour-long series based on, you guys know, the fan favorite. 
favorite uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it's so super exciting because we all know that Jada's going to be on, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Will Smith is going to be on, an executive producer as well, with their Westbrook Studios and Universal Television, obviously. Yeah, so that's that's badass. And guys, this shows you just – we talk about it all the time and our guests talk about it all the time about the importance of creating content and getting content out there and putting your stuff out there. This was a fan video yeah. made by somebody of a dramatic retelling of Fresh Prince. It blew up on YouTube. Will Smith saw it, loved it. Now it's going to series. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. There you go. And, and the beauty of it is the guy who did it, he's the one. He is going to be writing and co-executive producing the series. That's so awesome. Morgan Cooper. So congratulations, Morgan, that you're proof positive if you put some shit out there and you do it right. People will see it, and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, he's man. a Kansas City native, and I was watching because Will Smith has a YouTube channel where he does vlogs and stuff, and he was doing an interview with Morgan and another producer, and he was he asked Morgan, where did you get this idea? Where did it happen? He was like, well, there's this really long bridge in Kansas City, and I started thinking about Fresh Prince and how it impacted so many kids in the 90s and how they're growing up today and how they're just becoming humans in society, and he was thinking, wow. That story right there is actually a drama. Like, it's more than just the comedy that it was. Well, and the reality of that is it's so funny because in our interview coming up uh, with Jay Alex, he was born and raised in, in Philly, yeah. uh, the bad side of Philly. Exactly. And he literally talks about that, how dangerous it was and how he wanted to get out of the neighborhood. So the idea that this came to him as a drama makes sense because in real life, South Philly's a drama. Exactly. You know, there's, so. There's no comedy there. <laughs> no. So good job, man. I, I mean, it's going to be interesting. So. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. This ne- I'm very surprised by this. Don't cry. I'm, I'll try not to. Don't cry. I'll try not to. This is the black hole that I get into sometimes, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm talking about keeping up with the Kardashians, guys. I'm, yeah, they're apparently it's ending uh, next year. Yeah. yeah, everybody knows. Well, I'm not sure a lot of people know. Um, it's executive produced by Ryan Seacrest yep. and premiered on E! in October 14th of 2007, which is crazy, and the 19th season will be airing September 17th, and it'll be final. It'll be followed by a final season, uh, season 20 and 20 are in 2021. Yeah. Um, I'm just honestly surprised. Maybe there's just a lot of drama that they don't want the world to see anymore, or maybe they're just done with it. I'd be done with it. I wouldn't want fucking cameras following me around all the time. Yeah, I, I think it's probably a mix of both. There's there's some stuff going on at E and some shit being canceled at E, and I guess there's just some turmoil going on there. Maybe that played into it. Then, like you said, there's been so much turmoil. I mean, they've been going at it on the show recently about how don't film me, this is private, where this is part, I don't want this shown on the show kind yeah. of a thing. So maybe they are having a little back and forth about what should and shouldn't be on the show. Maybe that plays into it. I don't know. It just still is remarkable to me, the idea of uh, a scant, you know, couple minute long sex tape launched this billion dollar empire this show and all of the craziness that are the kardashians and jenners started with like you know what a four minute five minute sex tape from kim kardashian yeah it's amazing thank you ray j (laughs) thank you ray J. J. put some content out there on youtube or you know somewhere and boom look what happens sometimes you get a series sometimes you get a you know it's super crazy man it's absolutely insane (sighs) but i mean they're rich as fuck now they they go them go them uh universal pictures has also set a release date for freaky a body swap serial comedy uh centering around katherine newton and vince vaughn uh yeah 
Interesting. That, yeah. Just that right there. I'm like, it's a horror. What? It's a horror take on Freaky Friday. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, Catherine Newton's character like swaps places with Vince Vaughn's serial killer. Oh. Yeah. He apparently she becomes the obsession of his serial killer. Oh. And then I don't know how. Whatever. Some magical woo. They switch bodies, and she's got like 24 hours to get out of the body of a serial killer oh. before she's stuck there forever. Okay. Yeah. That's a yeah mm. interesting premise right there. But yeah. I'm happy to see more Vince Vaughn because he just was in a uh, Hulu original as well. So I'm happy to see more of him. Him doing some big things. But me too. This is a and Catherine thing. Newton. She's yeah. rising quickly too. She I is. mean, remember she started off a little supernatural. Like, yeah. You, you know. know. Bloom, bloom. Uh, <laughs> so good for her, man. Right. Good for her. Did you see Jensen Eccles uh, gets to keep the car? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It only makes sense. Baby belongs <laughs> to Jensen Eccles. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I want to personally see him like do what Jill Wagner is doing right now. I would love to see Jensen Eccles drive baby from Vancouver down to Hell Texas. Yeah. Road tripping baby. You can stop and see him. Maybe you run into him at a, at a grass station or something. It'd be epic, dude. Just think about it. What think if he it. showed up in the boys in the car? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, that would be so badass. Right? I mean, they've already kind of done that back and forth play with Walking Dead. Yeah, exactly. You know, where Negan's bat, Lucille was in the trunk of the car. Yeah. I mean... So badass. So good, man. So good. Um, <laughs> Sony. Sony doing some things. Surprisingly, we were talking about last week how Jamie Foxx was a Netflix golden boy right now. Right. But apparently not golden enough. Um, they are. <laughs> he is heading over to Sony and his producing partner, and Dettery uh, Turner? Sure. Datari? Datari. You guys know. Uh, they've signed an overall deal with Sony Pictures Entertainment, and they're going to develop and produce feature films. Mm. First projects already in development that Fox and Turner are producing for the studio under the new deal, and it's an entitled action thriller written by a Jewel Taylor. Uh, so, oh. yeah. And, of course, Fox will start. Of course. Of course. I mean, that, that's why you sign these deals, right? Exactly. <laughs> like to give yourself jobs. I mean, that's what it's all about. Exactly. Ooh, this next one. Mm-hmm. Sony Pictures has set Will Gluck and Chris Bremer to script End of the World, <laughs> a buddy action comedy that Gluck will direct. Uh, you guys know Gluck, uh, Gluck. He recently directed Peter Rabbit, and he's finishing up the sequel to that, uh, Peter Rabbit to the Runaway. And Brimmer recently wrote uh, Bad Boys for Life and is currently working on the next installment of that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good team. Yeah. If you're going to do a buddy cop thing or a buddy team-up thing, I guess, you know, somebody that writes Bad Boys is an obvious choice. Yeah. It, P- Peter it, Rabbit, I'm not... Yeah, but, you know, yeah. it'll be... It James was, Corden, though. Yeah. James Corden's Peter it's Rabbit. Tr- oh, my gosh i wonder if he would be in a buddy movie that would be hilarious. james corden in a buddy movie would be great yeah I, any pretty much anybody you pair him with would be brilliant yeah. but i mean oh my gosh i man. agree it's going to be interesting because uh when i always think about like end of the world comedies i think of like a the end mm. with like seth rogan uh, jonah hill all that so, so like it's it's going to be interesting man it's going to be interesting i can't wait to see what happens this next one is just file under why. Yeah, I know. Like, why? is this needed? Like, is, does anybody give a shit? No. I, I just, I think this is an attempt on a cheap knockoff of Gotham. Yeah. But newsflash, while Gotham before Batman might have been interesting, I don't think anybody gives a shit about Detroit before RoboCop. They really don't. <laughs> Ed Newmanmeyer, the scriptwriter of the original 1987 RoboCop, uh, he revealed that he's apparently. At MGM, working on a prequel TV series for RoboCop. It's in the early stages of development. Now, here's the kicker. The show will not feature RoboCop. (laughs) It won't even feature the guy who became RoboCop. It's going to detail the rise of Omni-Consumer Products and the company's vice president, Dick Jones. Who cares? Why? Yeah. 
Lee, Why? I don't understand. I don't understand. Look, um, I loved the character in, in the movie. You know, it was a brilliant bad guy, well done, played well, but who cares? Yeah. Like, just I think MGM's just trying a lot of shit to see what sticks on the wall. Like, <sighs> I mean, it makes sense. They're trying to stay afloat. So, I mean, you know, you always got to have something to work on. So, even if it's decent or not, I guess. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. But this, a long time coming, guys. A long time coming. We can finally announce the funeral of The Walking Dead. <laughs> it's announced that the 11th season of The Walking Dead will be its last. Yes. Uh, so, finally. But yeah. the, the films are still going on. Films are still happening. That's right. And so is the show. Yeah. They announce its cancellation only to tell you that they're going to spread the final season out over two years. Which is insane. <laughs> it's the only thing. Oh, the Walking Dead would be the only show I know that says we're canceled, but we're going to be on for the next two years. Yeah. Like, what? But, oh, I don't know. Yeah, man. but I mean, this also, Fear of the Walking Dead is going to continue, and they're doing some spinoffs uh, with fan favorites. You guys know them. You love them. Daryl and Carol. Yes. Daryl, Carol. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, though, because a spinoff with uh, Daryl and Carol is is interesting to me because if anybody was familiar with the graphic novel that this whole thing is based on, Daryl and Carol were never in it. Yeah. These were characters created just for the show. Yeah. So the idea that they'll be the only two moving forward is, is interesting to me. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. It is, man. It is. Big things happening. Oh, they did announce, though, while while the three movies that they had talked about prior are moving forward, apparently all plans for a Negan spinoff mm. are dead. Damn. There will be no – and, and uh, Maggie also. No – apparently when the show ends, they're done. Yeah. So anybody that was hoping for those spinoffs, not going to happen. Jeffrey Dean, we got some stuff you want to work on. That's right. I'm just saying. He'd make, a, he'd make a good duggery. Yes, he would. <laughs> like he would just, be a badass duggery. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, goodness. Heading over to Netflix. Oh, my goodness. They're making some changes yes. that a lot of people were not expecting, Mm-mm. honestly. Um, and obviously we've been talking about – about Ted's taking a more CEO CEO role because uh, we announced a couple of weeks ago that Reed is stepping back, letting him take the reins a little bit, letting yep, Ted yep. take the reins a little bit. But just a month and a half after being named co-CEO, uh, Ted is making huge, huge moves. Uh, the top of the TV streaming executive ranks, uh, Cindy Holland, VP of Original Content, who helped lead Netflix's move into original programming like way back in the day. She helped change it from dvd by mail company into the huge streaming service powerhouse that it is now she's leaving after 18 years with the company which is crazy to me absolutely crazy to me but i'm excited to find out why because i got reed's book and apparently he's going to tell me why things like this happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> um bella bageria vp of local language originals um, who led the non-English TV program, so their big move, you know, push into the foreign markets, she's going to take over now, and it's going to combine the two teams together. And um, Sarandos was cheering her. He said, since becoming co-CEO, I've wanted to simplify the way our content team operates with one global film team led by Scott Stuber. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Stuber's in charge of the films, guys. And um, one for TV, which Bella will now be in charge of. And... Um, Reed Hastings was asked about it. He was interviewed on the day it went down, and he basically said, look, our, we run our company like a sports team, and while there's a lot of freedom and there's a lot of great stuff, you know, you, we're under the philosophy that you have to perform every exactly. year to keep your job. Yeah. And so I'm not 
implying that, you know, what he meant by that is that somehow she did not perform or maybe she's been outperformed. I, I don't know. But, um, I mean, she was integral in the Netflix that exists today. Yeah. So what we were talking about at the top, my guess is now that Rovner left, you know, Warner Brothers TV in a bind – and no succession plan because she bolted to go to NBC Universal. I would not be shocked at all if they make the move there. I mean, it would only make sense to me. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, also what we were talking about at the top, I feel like, I mean, she was the best person for the job. And especially with the new wave of streaming happening and with Netflix competing against all these other streamers, they're trying to stay on top. Yeah. And they yeah. got to stay new, relevant, cutting edge. So, I mean, it is what it is. You got to compete for your role and. Sometimes you just get beat. I think though Holland is is a huge gain for anybody who picks oh, her up. Oh, agree. And yeah. I would have thought Peacock. I would have thought NBC Universal because they're struggling right now they with are. their with. But you know HBO Max just launched. They're 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 trying to get in on the game and everything. And if Warner Brothers TV can take Holland, yeah. somebody who literally helped turn. Netflix into the streaming giant, I think it's a huge grab, man. Especially with original content. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, they got some good stuff on there, but with on the television side, they don't have a lot of original mm. television series. So That's true. I've, and if they're talking about merging, like, the CW Arrowverse shows with the HBO Max superhero shows and, like, trying to cut... They're going to need somebody in charge of the WBTV that's going to be able to handle all that. Yeah. You know? So, we'll keep an eye on it, man. I think Holland, the... You know? You know Definitely. Hey, WB, yeah. call her up! You mean... You mean the CW-verse? Uh, yes, the CW-verse now, <laughs> not the Arrow-verse anymore. Which, by the way, I'm pissed because that, does that imply that you're not moving forward with Green Arrow and the Canaries? Because think, yeah. you need an Arrow to make it the Arrow-verse, right? Are you telling me that Cat McNamara and the girls aren't moving forward? Because I'll be pissed about that. Yeah. I'll be pissed about Just put that show, green light that show, bring it back, and then you can still have the Arrow-verse exactly. because there'll still be a Green Arrow. Exactly. God damn it. Just trying, so to, easy. Just trying to help you out, man. That's all just I'm saying. To- that show was brilliant didn't it it was the highest rated show of the series other than the finale guys that should tell you something exactly anyway big things happening (laughs) still at netflix so rob morgan is joining jennifer lawrence in adam mckay's next feature film for netflix don't look up oh look down um (laughs) mckay will write direct and co-produce everybody knows he is the once uh fellow producer with will ferrell so i mean he but he's doing some more dramatic things so i'm super excited about that and it's going to follow uh two low-level uh astronomers who embark on the media tour to warn mankind of an approaching asteroid that will destroy planet earth and uh, morgan will be recently played magic johnson's father in adam mckay's upcoming hbo uh los angeles lakers series so i mean obviously they have a good relationship there and mckay going more dramatic like i'm super pumped everybody who's 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 a marvel fan knows morgan i mean he yeah he's the beloved drug dealer that got his ass kicked in every marvel netflix show you know (laughs) daredevil like jessica jones they all whooped his ass or called on him and then whooped his ass you know you guys i I love him i think he's a great character actor so i I think it's gonna be a smart move (laughs) and randall randall uh, pearson fucking kicked his ass for the run for the council seat like (laughs) and this is us like oh my gosh this guy's classic again his ass kicked he deserves a win he does Uh, oh my goodness but um mara brock echo 
Akil, Akil, sure. uh, the creator and showrunner behind such series as The Game and Being Mary Jane, has signed a multi-year overall deal with Netflix to create new original content, which makes sense. Uh, the deal comes ahead of September 11th release date of the popular series Girlfriends on Netflix, which dropped today, making uh, the series 20th anniversary. Yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, again, Netflix scooping up creators, man. Is Gabrielle Union headed to Netflix? Right. That would be my next guess because, you know, being Mary Jane. So uh, a relationship there. Maybe you bring her on. New series for Gabrielle. I know she's – God knows she's looking for a new home after all that crap with NBC. Yeah, dude. It's so. super crazy, man. It's super crazy. But we all talk about all the time. Everybody is trying to do a Christmas movie now. Mm. Like, I mean, Netflix is – they're doing pretty well with Christmas movies. I will say that. Um, I liked the Vanessa Hudgens one. I did too. I, I, I thought it was good. I, I really like the Kurt Russell the one. The Kurt Russell one also, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, they're doing good things, and now Brooke Shields. Brooke <laughs> Shields is gonna do a Christmas movie with uh, Carrie Wells. Oh, Yules, Yules, so close, so yeah, close, so man. close. Uh, Princess she, Bride people know who he is. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that it's guy, fine. that guy there. Uh, star in a Castle for Christmas, a new romantic comedy for Netflix. Story follows a famed American author, Sophie, who travels to Scotland and finds herself wanting to buy a castle. And the prickly owner, Scottish Duke, name Miles, uh, will sell to the foreigner. And, you know, that's how it happens. Uh, apparently. Yeah. Apparently. So, you know, tried and true formula of, of, you know, Hallmark Christmas movies. Basically. Everybody's taking them and running with them now. So, whatever works. Yeah. Whatever works. Like I said, I mean, Vanessa Hudgens was cute. I mean, I thought it was a decent, you know, movie. So, We'll see. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and I mean, Brooke Shields. Who doesn't love Brooke Shields? Exactly, exactly. Uh, a couple of months ago, we were talking about you know Nick uh, Nick Cage coming back and uh, being Tiger King, being Tiger King. There. Well, that series is now being picked up by Amazon. Mm. And I'm just saying, get off Tiger King's dick. Why do we keep doing this? I just I I don't know, man. I I, I don't know either. I don't know either. You got that other one coming on NBC. I know. And uh, just, so, I don't know. The time has passed. It has. It has. Like, I don't know. I like Nick Cage. I like Amazon. I just think that's a bad idea. I agree. Bad idea. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> good ideas, good things happening yes! at Apple. Because you guys know the only O that matters has a deal with Apple. And she has now expanded their partnership into podcasting, which makes sh- – she's everywhere, guys. She is everywhere. Like it's absolutely insane. And, of course, Oprah's Book Club podcast. It's going to be an eight-part miniseries focused on different things like the origins of our descendants. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Big things, mm. big things. Uh, published, uh, this book was published uh, August 4th. Paints a picture of a hidden hierarchy of human ranking that shaped America. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh. Getting deep into it, Oprah. Oh, and she, what? She's going to do two episodes each week. Yeah. Tuesdays and Thursdays. She a busy girl. What? Okay. I would like to think we inspired Oprah into this. I'm just saying. You know, because her book club stuff inspired us, and then we had a great top five segment of our favorite books. Yes. And we uh, did all th- I think maybe what happened is is that Oprah heard that brilliant, <laughs> right? awesome book club top five <laughs> and decided to do a book club podcast. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to go with that story, I and I, that's that's going to be it. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Thanks, Oprah. Appreciate you. Oh, my goodness. Come on and talk about it. Oh, yes. Be great. Exactly. The only other that matters. Uh, but Kevin Hart. 
Kevin Hart's doing some things, man. He's doing some really good things, uh, shedding some positive light on his overall image. He's been everywhere recently just promoting positivity and all the stuff that he's got going on. Definitely. But the MDA is relaunching its once annual Jerry Lee Lewis MDA Telethon, which will broadcast its final edi- which did broadcast its final edition in 2014, and now the telethon is going to be called Kevin Hart's Kids Telethon. Mm. That's awesome, and he's going to host uh, on October 24th. That's when the event is going to happen, which will raise funds for MDA and Hart's help from Hart Charity and benefit for children with disabilities and disadvantages. According to the organizations, the event will take place at 8 p.m. Easter time, so mark your calendars on the streamer is yet to be announced. Um, so that'll be cool to be on a streamer. And but there's gonna be like Jack Black's gonna be there, Michael B. Jordan, Josh Gad, Usain Bolt, like so many different people are gonna be at this event helping out. Yeah, and I mean, if, you know, the MDA telethon, Jerry Lewis, that that was like uh, an institute for so long. Yeah, so long. Sinatra and Egg McMahon and Dean Martin and like you know the whole rap pack. And yeah. like, just for years and years and years and years, I got to be honest, I would never have thought the MDA would have brought it back after the death of Jerry Lewis. You yeah. know, I, I just didn't think it would ever be a thing. Um, but if you're going to do it, Kevin Hart, I feel like is the right guy to do it. I agree. I know he's had some issues, you know, the past couple of years, but you know, it's ridiculous. This guy has got a huge part in the pun heart. He does, you know, and he genuinely wants to give back. And yeah. so this kind of a thing I think is going to be epic for him. It's going to be epic for the MDA. And uh, I just think this is a smart move. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think um, celebrities are held at a higher standard than us normal people. But let's be honest about it. Celebrities are normal people. They We all make mistakes. We all do bad things sometimes that we regret. So, I mean, you know, just got to live and learn and continue on with life and be the best person you can possibly be. And I think that's what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if it's going to show up on multiple streamers. I mean, the, yeah, the MDA telethon used to be broadcast on all the networks. Yeah. Like at its height of its popularity, it used to be broadcast on all the networks at the same time. Yeah. So I wonder if the streamers will all get together and maybe kind of promote this thing. I think it would that'd be huge. Be, that'd be really huge for all of them and to show like unity that everybody comes together Absolutely. for an important cause. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really cool. There's also going to be like uh, comedy skits, uh, musical performances, a whole bunch of different stuff. It's going to be really freaking entertaining, guys. So be sure to mark your calendars and check that out. Definitely. Uh, but definite. now it is time for our guest segment. We got the one and only Jay Alex coming on the show. This guy, I... It, I know we say it a lot. We say it a lot, a lot, a lot. But this might be my favorite interview. I mean, seriously, it's it was like, so personal and so like down to earth and just um, – I don't know, man. I really enjoyed his thought process and yeah. the way he puts everything together, the way he approaches his life. And you could just tell in this interview how much he genuinely cares about other people yeah. and wanting to help other people achieve what they're trying to achieve. And um, yeah, I'm excited for everybody to hear this one, man. I am too. I am too. Well – here he is. Jay Alex Brinson, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you guys today? Oh, doing great. Living the dream. Super excited to talk Ooh. to you today, brother. Yes. Living the dream. That's amazing. Exactly. That's it, we're alive. We're breathing. I mean, we're working on what we like to work on. So, I mean, you know, we're doing what we can. You know what, man? That is a really 
positive outlook right now. That's awesome. That's Thank right. You. That's one of the reasons we're excited to talk to you, man. Just all the stuff that you got coming, man, with your, your attitude and your approach towards life and the things you've overcome and the positivity you bring to everything you do. We, we're, we're super stoked, dude. Uh, Dustin, man. Yeah, that's that. Come on, man. Don't get me, don't get me emotional, man. <laughs> that's it. That's our goal, dude. We're, we're going to make you cry before it's over. That's the thing. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You guys are awesome. <laughs> all right, man. So listen, like like we said, it's super stoked, dude. We have such a huge block of all rise fans. They're so pumped that you're coming on the show. So uh, <laughs> we, we are yeah, definitely going to be talking about that. Uh, but there's so much stuff I want to talk to you about, and Logan wants to talk to you about because you are so inspiring, and we have a lot of listeners that are trying to break into the industry. A lot of up and comers who are trying to find their way, and I think your yeah. story is just phenomenal and one that's so inspiring especially for people out there who are trying to overcome some obstacles to get to where they want to be so let's talk about that a little bit uh let's talk about how you got into the industry how you got started and some of the stuff you had to go through to kind of get where you're at man absolutely uh well firstly thanks so much for having me on uh, dustin and logan and crazy ant i want to know about the name actually i mean i don't (laughs) want to digress but i do want to know about I do want to know about that name. The, the crazy cool. ant name, we get we get hammered with that all the time, and it's really just like the goofiest story ever, man. It's like we were working in uh, broadcast journalism before we got into the entertainment industry. We were both working at a news station in South Mississippi, and we were mm-hmm. doing this story about uh, crazy ants who were making an infestation into our area, and what they're known for is like really tearing up electronics and equipment, camera equipment and, and like uh, recording equipment and stuff like that that so uh, it just came out of nowhere dude we were like well that's pretty important to us all this kind of equipment this kind of you know integral to what we do so wouldn't yeah. that suck if crazy ants came and just torch it up you know so we're like fuck it yeah. that sounds like a really cool name now so let, <laughs> let's go with crazy ant because they're kind of like that's these dope. crazy type things that don't stop until they get the job done exactly. you know that's so cool. we're here to tear up <laughs> we're here to tear up the industry man that's it that's yeah it. <laughs> well that's what it's about i mean i think i think that's a great segue into it i mean it's, it's hard to answer it in in short but sure you know, I think I think making mistakes and failing and going out here and and uh, really addressing your own individual personal fear is is really what it's about. And you know, I think we we sometimes struggle with with having to be perfect, having to be right. And you know, if you want to be a successful artist, um, in my opinion, you you have to be. I'm actually going to go a step beyond today and say you have to be excited mm. about making mistakes. You have to be excited and passionate about failing because the the, the reality is the, the only way that you're going to um, grow as an artist is is making mistakes and going out and trying. Exactly. And, you know, crazy ant. Let's fucking let's go with it. Like that. That's amazing. Right, and it, I mean, dude, it exploded better than we could have ever thought. We had a brilliant, you know, graphic artist come up with the logo. We get we get compliments on the logo all the time. It just kind of like took off on its own, you know, merit and got us to mm. places we never thought it would go. And it was just on a whim, like you said. Let's just do this yeah. and go. So you know, yeah. But so okay, so let's ask the question. I mean, let's answer the question together. So what made you just go? Like most people don't go. They're paralyzed. They can't go. How are you guys able to go? 
Well, I, I tell you, yeah, what, you answer it from your point of view, and <laughs> yeah. I'll answer it from mine. Yeah, for for me, yeah. uh, you know, I I I lost my dad at a really young age. Uh, you know, I was seven, uh, eight years old when when I lost my dad, and. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of – my life was kind of put on the back burner and I kind of had responsibilities to grow up really fast because I had a little brother who was a baby at that point, just one years old, yeah. and it kind of fell on me and my sister while my mom busted her ass off as a single mom trying to raise us to take mm. care of my brother, right? So mm. then I get to that point and I'm, I'm kind of always – it's just kind of become that mentality of I've got to do other things for other people first and kind of a, mm. kind of a thing. Oh, yeah, man. I lost my brother when he was 19. He also passed away at 19. So I spent my whole life raising him just to lose him. Um, So that kind of like, you know, that kind of woke me up, man. It's like the entertainment industry and and being involved in that was something I had always wanted to do. But somehow it always been put on the back burner for other people. And the, the loss of him just kind of woke me up and said, you know what, I've, I've got to do this. This is something I have to try to do. I have to stop putting other people first. I got to do it myself. And, and that wow. kind of all was the goal, but then <laughs> I had a baby. <laughs> so, um, so then the, you know, I, I needed that real job cause you can't support the baby on that. Um, so hence the broadcast journalism and going into news, but, um, so that, that kind of happened. But long story short, like you said, just to kind of I – w- I was fortunate enough to meet somebody and have a conversation with somebody that really said, well, why not now? Your daughter's about to be grown. You, you, you know, just mm. – you, you got to do it and, and have faith. And so that, that was it, man. It just – it was that conversation. It was like a three-hour conversation just really inspired me to be like, take the leap. And one of my favorite quotes is, take the leap and the net will appear. And I just yes. really that hit home for me, and I'm like, you know what? What's the worst thing that can happen? I go back, and I still I'm a news producer still, or can I go out there and live my dream and make it happen? And the dude, yes. that was the rest was history, man. Awesome, yeah, awesome. Man. And I mean, for myself personally, I was kind of always just going through the motions, especially with school and everything. Got out of that, and uh, like never really knew what I wanted to do. I always knew I wanted to be my own boss, like an old my own uh, like entrepreneur self. And uh, I grew mm-hmm. up in a multiracial family my brother is mixed and my little sister also we all come from different dads so it's all we come from all walks of life so i was like i just want to be able to tell stories from all walks Mm. of life that to educate people on what is happening now and what happened in the past and how we can change that and make the world overall a better place i just want to tell a overall epic story and i mean that's kind of why we started the podcast so we could make the connections and have other people tell their stories so that they can educate others on either how to break into the industry or it just in general with life how to treat each other because Mm -hmm. i mean not a lot of people know how to treat each other nowadays so i mean that's that's where we come from man and that's what we pride ourselves on you guys are amazing man i I think i mean i'm the same like our stories are so similar um is 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 the pain of our youth, right? Yeah. Right. You know, I don't want anyone to feel how I felt as a child. Exactly. And that that drives me, that motivates me. And <clears throat> as an artist, it's great because you get to use that pain and translate that into characters. And when you do it well, it's believable. And then you're like, oh, great. People want to pay you to, to do this, you know? And right. You're just dealing with real pain. You're like, Hell you're dealing yeah. with real pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
And it started um, early for you, right? I mean, you had to overcome dyslexia and, and just a bunch of challenges early to even get started, right? So I got, I got, I got really lucky in that I, I couldn't read well, and I couldn't learn my ABCs. And my mom was on the on the on the carpet, like making the shapes mm-hmm, with her mm-hmm. arms, and I just couldn't get it. And so she worked three jobs to send me to this private school wow. called Benchmark mm. uh, in Philly. And at this school, there were a lot of affluent, wealthy um, families in the area. And that's kind of what got got me going because, one, I, I learned how to develop process, mm-hmm. um, how to, you know, how to kind of accumulate the things that I need, go out, find them, put it, put the blocks together and then build. Right. So that was huge. But then also I was able to see the other side of the tracks, man. I'm from West Philly, bro. So you <laughs> Born know, and raised. I'm from the block. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I had never seen the suburbs right. and to see how people were living. And, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like I, re- I turned to my mom one day and I said, hey, am I any different than those kids? Uh-huh. And she said, no. And I think this was probably like 10, 11. Right. And, and in that moment, I made a decision that I was going to live like that rather than living like I was living. And that and that was the beginning of the journey. But I, I did get lucky, man. And, and there were so many people that helped me along the way. You well, know? And I love that you brought up Benchmark because I, I recently watched your uh, little speech there for the for the Benchmark commencement. Oh, my God. And, dude, that was so, like, <laughs> even that speech was inspiring. The little story, and I want the listeners to kind of hear it. He, you basically, you tell this story of a guy who's going through a flood, and, and mm. it's getting really bad, and he's kind of getting trapped, and he has to climb up to the top of his house, and these people keep coming to ask for, a, you know, to help him out. It's so, like a boat comes by and says, hey, man, do you need to, we can get you on board and take you to some you know dry, dry land get you safe and he's like no no the lord is gonna save me and then another <laughs> boat comes and and he's like no no the lord is gonna save me then a helicopter comes and he's like no no the lord is gonna save me and the guy dies and, then, yeah. and so you're thinking what so he gets to yeah. heaven you know and he's like what's up lord i thought you were gonna save me and he's like dude i sent you two boats in a helicopter and you didn't take it like you know i loved that because i think so many people out there who are chasing dreams or trying to overcome mm. obstacles to get to where they're at are scared to ask for help. Yeah. And there is yeah, nothing so. wrong with Woo. asking for help, right? So mm. I loved yes. that story, man. Yes, yes. Help? I don't know why. It's just like, why don't we – I mean, all I do is get help. Like all I do every day is go around and say, oh, my gosh, I'm stressed. Can you help me do this? Hey, I need to know how to do this. Can you help me do this? Like I feel like I'm constantly trying to get help. I'm constantly trying because I don't know – everything i I know i i mean i think i know nothing you know so i'm always trying to learn and in order to learn you need help from other people right it's like it's just um it's just something that i'm 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 exploring man like get help i mean i mean we're talking like macro life here but like even when it comes to acting process Uh right? right it's like even when you're approaching the material you can't approach a character in my opinion, knowing all the answers, you know what I mean? It has to be, uh, uh, figuring it out. You you have to be trying to get help in the process because 
it's about discovering rather than knowing, in my opinion. Mm, exactly. Right. Well, I th- also think it goes back to what you were talking about earlier. It's all about trying things. And while you're trying yes. things, it sparks inspiration on yeah, something yeah. that might put you on the right path. Going back to your story, I mean, sometimes things come in your line of path that are supposed to be there, that are supposed to help you out. And mm. I, yeah, that's just so freaking amazing to hear. Uh, yeah. And one of the things I really like too, we, Logan and I talk about this all the time. I feel like, you know, what, what, whatever your faith system may be, I feel like there's a greater power. And I feel like if you are destined for something, he will mm. continue or she will continue or whatever the being may be, mm-hmm. will continue to put you on that path exactly until you figure that out. You know, like you, like yeah. you, you, you kind of stray away from it and all of a sudden, no, no, something happens and you're back on it again. And I feel like, you know, you're guided. You just have to figure it out that this is you know, where I, you're supposed to be. Dustin, that's great. And I want to admit this. In, in a big way. There was a period after I got out of uh, college, there was a period where it was probably like four or five years where I decided that I did know everything mm-hmm. and I did know that how I was going to get my pop off and I knew how I was going to build everything. And uh, I literally failed so big and so hard. Um, it was, it was, it was devastating. Right. And it was because I had the answers and I knew what I was doing and I was going to go out and I was going to do this and I, I, I failed so big. Um, so it's actually, I'm, I'm thinking about that as you say it. Um, yeah. Like that was, I, I made that mistake that a lot of us make in trying to control mm-hmm. the, the, the flow mm-hmm. rather than giving, giving, giving way to it. And then that you course know? adjustment was made and you were put back on the path, right? And like, try again. You're going to um, get this. Exactly. 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 <laughs> and and, and then it feels good. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, let's be honest. If you ever get to the point and you're a prime example of, of what happened to you, if you think you know everything, if you think you've learned everything and you got it all, you're done. I mean, you're basically, you're that's done. it. That's as high as you can you're get. Done. And is that where you want to be? No, right? Right. Right. But why don't we, how, how do we... How do we rewire our mind to understand that? How do we become, um, how do we get to this level of understanding? How right. do we do that? We speak to people know. like you. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I speak to I, I hang out with people like you. Hey, oh, I appreciate it. I, I, it's an everyday thing. I feel like it's hard to yeah. look at things in like a broad perspective. It's like a wake up every day and, all right, if I try to start to think this way, no, that that'll put me down or that'll take me mm. this direction when I'm actually, I want to go this direction. Like, I mean, so it's like, it's an everyday process, man. And I mean, I feel like Absolutely. a strong mental health game. We talk about this all the time too. A strong mental health game and positivity is always going to lead you in the right direction. Yes, sir. Mindset, man. All in the mind. Absolutely. It really is. But something I really want to talk to you about, because I myself, I never had the courage to try out or even uh, pursue this, but one of my dreams growing up was always to go to Juilliard. And man, you got it. You were there. I was like, I was so happy to read this, preparing to this for this interview because myself, I was in choir, so I wanted to go there for uh, male vocals. Music. Yeah, exactly. But like, you were there, bro. Like, what was that like? Yeah. <laughs> Juilliard. Um, it's interesting. My piano teacher is uh, is a Juilliard uh, pianist, so I actually get to feel that Juilliard music. Uh, kind of environment a lot yes. um 
you know, there are people that love the sound of their instrument. Mm-hmm. There are people that love the system. And, and I'm just get I'm just understanding the system and how it works. Right. But like it's like if you grow flowers, right? Like you you love science. You love sun and water and understanding how the soil and the and the nutrients work and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. When when it comes to the environment in Juilliard, there are people that absolutely love, in my opinion, the mechanics of creating sound and creating music and creating harmonies and mm-hmm. creating um, orchestral pieces that move us. Um, just recently, I'm understanding how amazing that opportunity was. Right. That that I was able to be in that environment around such world renowned artists. When I was there, I was young. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I was paying attention. Yeah. I was paying attention, <laughs> but I was I was not taking it all in. Right. And yeah. I was so young. I, I was from. I literally, I just got out of high school. Mm-hmm. I was a baby. I didn't understand the 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 the, the magnitude of the opportunity. Mm. But to answer your question, um, it was amazing, man. Um, it was amazing. I'm trying to I'm trying to find uh, the words. It was great. I mean, it was super hard. Oh, I can imagine. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's a conservatory, you know, so 13 hour days, you know, you get in at 9 a.m., you work out, um, you condition, then you, you know, you have uh, fundamentals and whatever discipline being, you know, mask or stage combat mm-hmm. or text or breathing Um and then in the afternoon, you know, you have acting uh, session, you know, three hour acting sessions where you watch scenes, study scenes, perform scenes, talk about it, repeat. And then in the evening after dinner, you come back and you actually rehearse. You take all of the stuff you worked on all day and oh, then wow. you rehearse the material to, to do a play. Yeah. And then you present the play. You present a play every three months. Wow. So. so. You get you get good fast. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I was like, this is more like a lifestyle than a school. Right, like yes. this whole thing, like you're literally diving straight in. That's awesome. It's hard. It's hardcore. Oh yeah, it's hardcore. It so, sounds dude, like it. Where does Jay find time to meet the soulmate, the love of his life? Like, right. how, how does that even happen? <laughs> like, like everything you're just yeah, describing, again, I'm like, bro. how does that? Like, you know. <laughs> I got lucky again. So it was a Juilliard thing. So one of the Juilliard dancers um, was my buddy and he had a roommate um, and we went out and um, he supposedly knew they were roommates. Yeah, my roommate, my buddy roommate and my girl's roommate knew each other somehow. Ah, okay. And um, so it was through dance. I mean, dance dancers are tight. I mean, you think actors are tight? Like, the <laughs> dance community is tight. It's like, everybody is yeah. everybody. You know? And it's just immediate trust. It's like, if you're a dancer, I trust you 100%. It mm. doesn't matter if you're a scam artist. I trust you. You're a dancer? Okay, great. <laughs> like, bet. And so you can build pretty quickly. You can, you can right. build pretty quickly. So we hung out, and, uh, you know, uh, she's – my wife is, uh, is an incredible artist. And so – we talk about art. We make art. We live art. Yes. You know, we, we learn from art. So it's, it's a great partnership. 
again, just one of those things that where things happen for a reason. Everything happens for a reason, I feel like. And it's just it's amazing to hear. And I want to talk about that because you are such a rounded artist, you and your wife. I mean, (laughs) actor, dancer, musician, like all these uh, filmmaker, all these things that you do, you kind of bring it all to the table. So I want to talk about GB Group Creative because I I feel like this is a really important thing that that, that you started, uh, especially Mm -hmm. for people who are trying to get into the industry because it sounds like everything involved from the photography I, I forgot photographer the guy's like a, a renowned photographer right um oh, just everything but like all these things that you do with these companies within this company are all to help people inspire people and get mm, people out there right. to chase the dream right so talk yes, about that a absolutely. lot man yeah so you guys asked a great question <laughs> <laughs> well so, we're crazy but we try to be a little uh, informed you know macro Macro, it's all the same thing, like you said. It's all about helping you tap into your creative flow and, and build from there. So it's all one, right? On, 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 a, on a micro, the evolution naturally happened because like you, like I needed a job and I needed to eat, right? right. So <laughs> you take a step at a time, right? So I went to film school and I learned how to use a camera. And my wife was trying to sell T-shirts. So she was like, hey, could you – you know, take some photos. And I was like, no, I don't really want to take photos of like t-shirts. That's not really inspiring. Right. But I know how to use a camera. So, okay. And then you don't have to pay anybody. Right. So then I just kind of started doing that and I fell in love with it. Right. So it was, that was the natural progression there. But then you start exploring with the medium and you're like, oh, I like the, the storytelling of it. I like the emotion of it. I like the movement of it. And then that grows. Um, in regards to starting a company, um, well, so my wife was teaching mm-hmm. and, you know, I helped her tremendously with with her dance process and some performances. She was doing some really, really tough material about, I would say, 13 years ago with the company out of Vancouver. And she said, Jay, I, I need you to help me. Right. So I started training her in, in acting fundamentals and that enhanced her 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 dance. And then she said. Hey, listen, Jay, I'm out here teaching, you know, with all these young people and they need your help as well. Like they do the moves, but we don't understand the story. We don't understand the emotion, all the stuff that you were helping me with. So then that turned into this huge tour that we did for about six years where we we flew around the U.S., um, to different communities and we taught these workshops acting for dancers mm. to help young dancers um, enhance their performance um, and then after we did that I think again I had just finished film school and then my wife was like well what if we then show them how to do the dance on camera and then and then that led to something else and it, it was just an evolution of trying to give more honestly it was just you know, okay, we've taught them this, they've learned that, what else can we teach them? You know, and we're still doing the same thing. Like now our students are older. So now the the young people that started with us at 13, 14, 15 are now 21. They're now starting out into building their careers. Mm. So now we're building programming to try to help them with stuff like this, try to help them get to that next level and begin to build. So does that answer your question? I, I think it's... Yeah. <laughs> no, I just... It, it, it's it's beyond inspiring because here are two people, young people themselves, 
you know, trying to launch their careers and start their careers and busting their asses off and still yet have that mindset of let's help other people right. at the same time. Let's help other people who need to learn as well. So while you're trying what? to build your craft and build your career and mm. your lives, your your focus is also helping others and that is beyond inspiring. Right. Me. It's like also well, what well, you're – go mm. ahead. Go ahead, Logan. No, go ahead, Logan. I was just going to say it's also like you're taking what you just learned like a week ago and then teaching it to someone else because it's all about passing on what you just That's learned. It, That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And and, I, and I, listen, I don't want to act like I am like, you know, listen, it is it is selfish as well. Hold on here. Because, <laughs> Hold on. Because, because like one of my mentors, I don't know if it was John Maxwell or – Tony Robbins. Um, if, if you want to create wealth, right, you know, it, it, you have to add value to other people. So mm, yes, as, as much as, you know, it's about helping people, you know, I, I still had a dream of being successful financially. So I just don't, I don't want you to think that, you know, <laughs> I, you know, no clothes on my back. I will walk around naked and give everything. Right. No, no, no. Benefit <laughs> exactly. To helping a lot of people Hell as yeah. well. Oh no, so, my friend, trust us. We, we own a company too. We have a production <laughs> company and we're doing kind of stuff. We, we know all too well, the importance of while we can help people, we can also make a little money. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? you know? <laughs> Exactly. And it's, it's a win-win. So it's, it's both. It's a balance and it's a counterbalance of all of those things. That's it. Um, you know what I mean? That is definitely it, man. Okay, so let, let's talk about, for anybody who doesn't know, you kind of big theater guy. You, you, you performed mm-hmm. extensively throughout in uh, the country and abroad in theater and then make the jump to television. First of all, let's talk about how was that? Was it f- going from theater and being performing big and loud and to the back? Yes. Was, it, was that yes. jump to television a difficult move for you or what? Man, Dustin, you you know, man. You're loud to the back, to the back of the theater. That's it. Um, it's tough. It, it was. It was tough. It's a. It's a tough transition. Um, and I think a lot of theater actors we struggle when it comes over to film and television mm-hmm. because it is so small. Um, and and the camera in theater, like you were saying, Dustin, you you kind of need to push it out to the back row, right? right? In in film and television, the camera comes to you. Mm. And captures the moments and the thoughts, um, so you don't you don't have to push it all. You just have to think it, and the camera captures it. So it's a very, 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 very different process. And you know, I don't feel like we talk about it a lot. I don't think you know you. Oh, he's an actor. Well, is he a film actor, television actor, a theater actor? I don't think we we talk about the distinction, mm-hmm. and and it's a big distinction. Exactly. Um, I was lucky after I got out of film school. um, Well, first off, I had the experience of film school uh, to kind of understand that median. And then I did a couple of short films. Like I straight up just tried different techniques, failed mistakes um, on these little short films. Mm -hmm. And then I would go back and watch myself and say, oh, that was way too big. Bring it back. And then I would try it a little smaller. Then I would try a little smaller and just trying to find the right size of the moments of the thoughts of the nuance of the color. Um, And that's kind of where I'm building now. So going into season two of all rise, I'm going to probably start trying to play with 
the size a little bit more mm. and kind of now as 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 young Luke, you know, becomes more confident in his understanding of the law and in the fight for justice, he might get a little bigger. There and so go. um Again, just exploring and, and, and trying to get better, you know? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you brought up All Rise, and we're going to dive into that because, like, sure. huge fan of the show, by the way. Just, oh, I mean, ep- I, I tell everybody I know to watch it. Yes. Um, I just oh. think it's absolutely brilliant. The cast is phenomenal. The storylines oh. and the writing are phenomenal. And I think the fact yes. that you guys are addressing so much of what's going on in society today yes. um, and doing it in a way that's in- informative. Uh, I think that's huge, and we need more shows like that, in my opinion. Um, so, I guess first of all, when you first jumped in, did you realize you were going to be amongst a bunch of superheroes and supervillains? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you've got the MCU and the Flash represented. I was like, oh man, Jay is all up in the world, right? Damn. <laughs> you do have a lot of superheroes, don't we? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, Simone is old Misty Daredevil, Knight. And you got, Simone, yeah, yeah, dude, it's like all up in it. <laughs> Yes, that's a good point. You know, we don't ever talk about that enough. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's the first thing. I'm, look, I'm a huge comic a geek, idea. so I was that was what drew me to the show to begin with. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to tune in and watch this. And then it was just brilliant to see everybody kind of play out the the stairwell conversations and the back and forth mm. that all of these characters have. I just everything about the show is fantastic. Um, I want to talk about your storyline a lot though, because you know Luke from episode one is is like mm. here's this guy who saves everybody, right, and is kind of like mm. thrust into the spotlight and. And a, a hero, if you will, um, and then forced to deal with what that what that's like uh, and the pressure of that comes with that, um, which was really interesting. But what I really want to get into is the stuff, your, the storyline that's been dealt with with domestic violence. I just think mm. that 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 you and and Emily's storyline and Jessica Camacho are just phenomenal. So I really want to talk about that. And then another episode that I really want to talk about and dive into is the episode where Luke is confronted by the police and handcuffed and put, basically put down to the ground just because he's mm-hmm. jogging, man. And and, mm-hmm. and like that kind of an impact. Those are the stories that I'm talking about that are so relevant today that need to be discussed. So let's talk about the domestic violence first. I, I just think you and Jessica are, are just absolutely killing it. The way Luke approaches it. Mm-hmm. By the way, Luke, Luke is just way too nice a guy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like some of that stuff, you know, Emily is doing to him. It's like, step up, man. Tell her that ain't okay. Like, you know, <laughs> what's that like? You know, what, what's that been like, man? We laugh about that uh, a lot, actually. You know, Jessica Camacho is a phenomenal uh, actress. And so it's a pleasure working with her. And she has such a great process and she cares so much. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it, it's evident in her work. But, you know, we wanted it to be authentic and we wanted it to be real. And, you know, <clears throat> forgiveness is, is, is a big word, yes. especially when it comes to domestic violence. And it's a word that I kind of root rooted in, in that, you know, when we make mistakes, when guys, you know, abuse women and when when moms abuse young boys and, and all that kind of stuff, um, I I like to talk about forgiveness because if someone has treated you bad, what are you going to do to move forward? Are you going to forgive that person and stay with them? Or are you going to forgive that person and kind of detach yourself? And for me, I like, I enjoy building the characters and the relationships from that standpoint, because Mm. 
And again, you're going in asking questions rather than, oh, he's a villain. He beat her. He's a, you know, he's a bad guy. You know, your ex is a bad guy. And I think that's where it becomes flat. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Luke says, okay, you've been abused. What, what was that like? You know, right. was he a bad guy? Like, why did he do that? Did he have trouble communicating? What was his background? And then as soon as you start asking these questions, the nuance comes and the depth comes. And, and I think that that is what Jessica and I were able to capture a little bit because Luke is young. He doesn't understand, you know, where she's coming from. She doesn't right. understand. Like, I like you. You like me. Let's just do this. What's the problem? Why are you being hesitant? Right. He doesn't understand, you know, and so I think asking those questions is, is where we started. Um, and again, Jessica is just so, so great and cares so much, you know. Oh, I think the back and forth between the two y'all and the chemistry is just unreal. And yeah, dude, that scene where she loses it in the kitchen, man. Oh, my God, oh, dude. Beautiful. So crazy. So crazy. But I have a little theory and I, I just got to say, because I feel like you said Luke is young. And he, and he's mm-hmm. human, man. He, you know, this guy's yes. trying to learn and come up, and he's got a lot of stuff going on. And am I wrong, or am I right that there might be a little um, interaction there, a little play between Samantha and Luke? Because I, I I feel like that every time Emily gives him a little, you know, distance, you know, Samantha is there. And, and you know, that, and that, I gotta be honest, I'm gonna be upset at Luke if that's where it's going. But am I wrong? Do you I know? see that, or do I not see that? So it's, it's, it's interesting. Obviously, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> right, right. But, but Don't worry. You, nobody's you listening. Have no. the, you, <laughs> you have that inner writer, man. You've got that inner. You know how to create that conflict. Absolutely. You know, this is the thing. It's like, what do you want someone to do? Like, we all want to be loved, man. And we all want attention, right? Exactly. So it's like, Emily, if you're not there for Luke, what – what do you want the guy to do? Exactly. Right? Exactly. All right. No spoilers, so, but okay. No, I'm just spoilers. Uh, <laughs> no spoilers. But I think that's the beauty about this show. It's so personable. Everybody can connect with it. I mean, especially yeah. everybody's having these inner conflicts that they can yes. relate to with each one of these characters, and especially your character. Like, I myself, I'm a younger fellow. And so, I mean, <laughs> going through this and trying to figure out my way in life, like, yeah, I completely mm-hmm. understand and can relate to what your character would be going through yeah and he likes her oh yeah but like is is this someone that i can build with right now right exactly she like me like is she available like every time i do something she equates it to her old boy for her ex like right is that what i need in my life and like you said dustin taking care of yourself first loving yourself first that's such a mature it takes us so long to evolve to yes. that to that thinking, right? Like, yeah. oh, good stuff, so. man. So, uh, now, now I'm even yeah, more pumped for season two, right? And um, season two is coming. So, okay, so yeah, let's talk about the other scenario, the other storyline, because you know, not only is Luke dealing with this distance and the and the domestic violence and everything that's trying to go on with Emily, but then he's got this other stuff going on with he's a young black man in a professional mm. world trying to advance his career, trying to make yes. the moves and do the right thing. The guy's out jogging and he gets nailed by some white cops, man. Like, yeah. talk about that. I think that storyline is so important because you. you 
you guys had another episode too where it was a misunderstanding. The cop tased the guy and took him down because he tripped and it right. looked like one thing but wasn't another thing. And then in the instance with Luke, it was what it was. The cops were a bunch of assholes and you know, were taking him down and being, and being what they were. Um, talk about that a little bit and how the show addresses those storylines and what was that like for you it being involved in that storyline because, because I mean, coming from your background, coming from a rough city, coming from where you come from, and then being in an interracial relationship yourself, what was that storyline like as your approach to it? Yeah. So when, when I started developing Luke, it was very important for me to understand why Luke does what he does. You know, why does he, why does he want to be a lawyer? You know, why does he want to be a prosecutor? What, you know, why is the law important to him? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like as a young person from, you know, from West Philly, you know, I never, I didn't know anything about the law. I understood foster care. I understood juvie. I understood, you know, Hey, Binky just got in trouble, got locked up, went upstate, you know, but I never understood how the law works to make that process happen. Right. Right. So I think the first thing that I had to do was say, okay, why does Luke want to be a lawyer so bad? And so I started building this backstory where his brother um, was, was, you know, did something that he wasn't supposed to do mm-hmm. and, you know, didn't have the money for bail and we couldn't afford to get him the right law, the, the right help he needed, and then ended up in prison and getting really fucked up in prison mm. mentally mm-hmm. right and so that is where i started i started developing uh his drive to use the law you dig me oh yeah so i think macro wise yes the, the we have a lot of issues with systemic you know systemic macro like is that white or is that black? Right, you know what I mean? right, right. It's a lot of it's, it's, a, it's a lot of that. But what we need to do is figure out how to utilize um, the system so that we can argue about gray. Exactly. Yes. And so yes. it. So I think. I think. I mean, it's 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 so complicated and so complex, but 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 I think that Luke is going to equip him equip himself with the tools that he needs to fight and argue gray. Now, black is black, white is white. Like, you know, we, we can't argue about that. But if we all educate ourselves and grow and evolve, I think we can start talking about gray. Mm. And I think in that middle ground is is where change comes and where change happens and, and where we get improvement. So specifically to, you know, those, those storylines, I, I really loved – playing all of that stuff Mm -hmm. because I got to ask questions, you know, in, in, in that gray area, you know, um, it it wasn't just white and it wasn't just black. It wasn't just, I'm pissed off because you took me down. Right. Right. It was that, but then he's also like, man, this has got to change. How can we make this change? And then he goes to, to judge Carmichael and he's like, listen, I just got taken down. Like I'm in the courtroom looking at this stuff. Right. And like, I was the guy that was like the criminal for a moment there. It was, it was, it it blew his mind. And I think, you know, enjoying that nuance and asking those questions is really, um, 
is really what it's about. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, it is it is really 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 tough stuff right now. Yeah. It is. Um, but I I, I think. I, mm-hmm. I just think what you nailed it with what you said. I think the show addresses the gray, and that's mm. the area. It starts conversation because much like the characters do, much like Luke does, I think when you watch this show, especially if you watch it with your family or you're watching it in an environment with a group of people, it, it's a topic of conversation. It forces you to ask mm. questions and say, what if? What if I was in that situation? Or what if this went down with somebody I knew? And to have shows that spark conversation like that is so necessary. Necessary and gray. I love that explanation, gray, because Logan and I talk about it extensively all the time. It's either black or white and no in between anymore. And That's there right. needs to That's be right. in between. That's right. That's right. But in order to get in between, oof, you have to you have to change. Exactly. You gotta give up your 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 vantage point and kind of you got to see it from this vantage point and that's tough man it is tough i know everybody's just so set in their ways and uh, Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's because they're scared to ask questions or they don't even give a crap to ask questions in the first place but it's just like we need to have something to start the conversation so we can all start gelling well and living in society together because there's no reason for all this hate i mean we talked about it earlier with the mental health thing like there's no reason for all this hate and negativity and all this stuff that's literally bringing everyone in society down. So there's no it's point true. to have that because you don't want to have the conversation. Like, just have Logan, the conversation so we can talk about it. You are so right. And this is where I feel so grateful to be an artist. Exactly. Mm. Yes. You know, I feel so grateful. Same with you guys. You're in the media. You know, you're you're creating content. You're creating this content and facilitating the, the movement forward. You are the change. Like, I, I feel like this is what we can offer to the fight, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we feel the same way, man. Like I said, people like yourself and your wife and the people that you surround yourself with and the shows that you've been involved with, you you're using your platform to put out a positive message exactly. and to have people start a conversation and talk. And we just need so much more of that, man. Well, let's do it, man. Let's let's keep doing it, man. Absolutely. Oh, dude, this has been just an outstanding conversation. Seriously, man. every week that if you want to come on, bro, and just have a conversation, <laughs> like Seriously, this might be – it's definitely the most personal we've gotten on the podcast. But like seriously, if you ever want to come back on the podcast just to talk about industry news, talk about social rights, talk about anything and everything, bro, open Let's invite. Do it, Hell yeah. Let's do it. You guys, are, you guys are wonderful. Logan, Dustin, thank you so much of course. for having me on the show. Of man. Course. You guys are great and I look forward to listening to the, uh, to the episode. Dude. Oh, dude. But uh, before you go, before you go, what we like to do at the end of each interview is have our guests leave a little piece of advice for the up-and-comers trying to break into the entertainment industry and mm. what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid? Do you guys have uh, a lot of actors or or musicians? Everything. Yeah, I tell you what. Yeah, it's actors, uh, people who want to be directors and filmmakers behind the camera. It's a little bit of everything, man. Okay. Yeah, Um, (laughs) good luck. Good luck. See, though, it goes right back to the beginning of the – he's educating himself before he answers. (laughs) (laughs) Ask questions. That's it, man. Yes, ask questions. Exactly. Well, I don't want to – yeah. Let me think. I I would say – I would say going back to the mental work, mm. I would say I have a buddy who who who's getting ready to direct his first film. Mm. And uh, he, he's he's not at the beginning of his career. He's kind of like mid career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he looks around 
and he feels like people aren't supporting his vision, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk about this all the time. And the issue is nobody really cares and and nobody will really support your vision, sadly. Right. So it's really about you developing within yourself the vision of who you are, who you want to be, and, and just, and just executing. Mm. And, and then once that process starts, then you'll, you know, it catches. Right. And then people are all of a sudden like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the, you're the great director. Uh-huh. Right. But it starts within yourself. So that, that's what I, I would say. That's deep. deep. That, that, like, that's, that's, that's so damn yeah. good. Bro. Don't be surprised if you end up on our social media as a quote, you know, yes. it, 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 you'll, you'll be there. <laughs> and speaking of very awesome, lastly, man. very lastly, yeah. tell everybody where they can follow you, man, because we definitely want everybody to follow you Hell and yeah. be paying attention to you, man. You know what? I, I hang out on, uh, on Instagram, IG at J Alex Brinson. Yes. Great dance videos, by the way, you and the missus. So I'm, just, <laughs> I'm loving those, man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are awesome, man. Thanks so much for having uh, having me on the show. Absolutely, man. Take care and just best wishes, and I'm excited to see where you go, man. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you. All right, man. Take care. Bye. So damn good, bro. Wow. That was so damn good. I just, like I talked about, that. that's probably the most personal, at least pers- for me anyway, that I've ever gotten on the podcast, and just have that open dialogue that's what it's all about it really is and just the, the the story of the stuff that he's overcome but and it's a, it's always amazing to me to find people who are going through a struggle right but want to help someone exactly. else at the same time we gosh we need more people like that in the world man dude just, he's so freaking epic whew. if you guys are not following this man Please go follow him because he is an absolute inspiration, if you couldn't tell by the interview. Right? (laughs) Um, I'm inspired. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I'm ready to go do some shit. Uh, But thank you again, Jay Alex, for coming on the show. All right. Now it is time for the Top 5 segment brought to you by the one and only... Jason Kachabata. (laughs) Man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I know your name. I promise. Uh, Our podcast producer is freaking awesome, killing it each and every week. We appreciate him rocking and rolling. And the top five this week is top five medical shows. Oh, and it, uh, woo. I know, man. I mean, this is like, obviously, I knew what your number one was going to be. There was no question it was going to be number one. So, (laughs) you know. You know, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. I mean, besides your number one, you kind of showed your age a little bit. I did. I mean, you know, there's a lot of good content, though. There's All of these things are really good if you haven't checked out any of these shows. But let's dive into it, man. My number five is Royal Pains. Mm. NBC Universal's Royal Pains. Such a good show, man. Especially the dynamic between, you know, that doctor that uh, starts doing house calls, like, out in L.A. and how it wasn't, like... It wasn't a thing anymore. I mean, house calls aren't a thing with doctors anymore. So making it for rich people and him working with his brother and, of course, a possible love interest. I mean, it was such a good show that had a nice little run. So definitely Royal Pains is on my list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without doubt. Number five. And, okay, I'm showing my age a little bit, but here we go anyway. St. Elsewhere. Oh, my gosh, y'all. St. Elsewhere was such a huge medical drama when it aired and i don't think people understand or realize the amount of people that were on that show or came off that show obviously 
uh, William Daniels and Bonnie Bartlett, who Obviously. we had the great pleasure of um, interviewing and, and talking to them about it. Um, but, it, uh, you know, Howie Mandel, mm. Corbin Burnson, Denzel Washington, just so many people were on that show that launched into these huge careers. Um, that should tell you, and it was like Emmy galore. So that should tell you how good the show was. Yeah. Um, but also had a nice little mix of, I think, all the successful shows, I think, especially if you're going to be into these heavy categories like this, um, need that levity. They need that that comedy here and there or the, or the love stories or whatever. And I think St. Elsewhere did a really good job with that as yeah. well. So um, number five on my list, St. Elsewhere. Boom. Number five. Uh, my number four. I mean – Grace spinoff, so you know, had to put it on there. Fucking, and I love, love Kate Walsh. She is a freaking underrated actress, like, and deserves to be in so many more Most things. Most definitely. Just saying, just saying. And she is a part of America 2.0 podcast. If you have not listened to that podcast before, be sure to check it out. Um, but Private Practice, mm. talking about Private Practice, the spinoff of Grey's Anatomy. Of course, Kate Walsh, Benjamin Bratt, like, so many great actors. Obviously, the cameos from from the Grey's cast popping in and out. I mean, of course, of course, Patrick Dempsey. Who? Patrick Dempsey popping up. Everybody <laughs> knows. I love him. Patrick the hair Dempsey. Yes, that's right. That's right. But private practice, my number four. Woo. That's a good one. I know. It's a good one. They got hot in here. Oh, it did. It did. <laughs> uh, speaking of, now all the ladies are going to agree that this also had some hotties. Um, and the men will agree too because I'm talking about Juliana Margulies. But uh, ER, mm. not the comedy. The drama, yes. ER, George Clooney, Juliana Margulies, Anthony Edwards, Linda Cardellini at one point, uh, just so many amazing people on this drama. Um, and the reason that Grey's is still on the air. Mm. They set out to beat ER's record for yeah. the longest running medical drama on TV. They did, yeah. by the way. They did. Um, but I mean, come on. Once Juliana Margulies left and George Clooney left and Anthony Edwards left, like, and then the only one around the original was Noah Wiley. Yeah. And like, I love Noah Wiley, but he just was not carrying the show by no, himself. It was so, the um, same. But it was a great show. Again, it's just that nice mix of everything. Yeah. Drama, comedy, love, you know, it's just that ER. 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 Right Check there. it out. <laughs> George Clooney and Junior Juliana Margulies. That should be enough right there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Goose. And Goose. Goose Anthony Edwards. <laughs> he know. died in Top Gun, but was on ER. Was on ER. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. My number three goes to House. This one is a huge, like, I feel like cult phenomena, really. I mean, you got Omar Epps, Mr. Hugh Laurie himself. Mm. I mean, just a badass actor in the Brit. Not a lot of people know. Yes. I mean, like, they can do it all. Brit, they can. Brits can do it all. But, I mean, so many good people came out from this show. I mean, Cal Penn, such an amazing actor that I honestly loved Harold and Kumar, obviously, mm. but then left acting and worked for the Obamas. Like, that's such a twist turn. I seriously. Like, but such a good show, especially, like, him being a just a phenomenal doctor in itself, but then also battling his own addictions at the same time. And it's a great show if you guys have not checked it out. House. I believe it's on Amazon Prime right now, so... Boom. Oh, I believe that's correct. My number three is the original Doogie Howser MP. Yeah. Not the reboot, not the remake, not the revisit, not the Disney Plus thing that we talked about in Industry News. The original Doogie Howser MD with my man, Neil Patrick Harris, Max Casella, Lisa Dean Ryan, like so many epic people on this show, and it literally like launched 
Neil Patrick Harris into uber stardom. Yeah. Um, that, you know, and uh, just an amazing show. Also, I feel like responsible for launching blogs. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't remember the show because you're not old like I am, <laughs> it, it would start off and end with him writing into uh, his journal on his computer. Basically a blog. You know, he writes what was going on in his life. That was the whole Doogie Howser MD's little journal that he kept. Um, so really, I think, is what knocked off and launched the idea of these blogs of uh, keeping track of your life. And um, But, I mean, come on, guys. Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. There is on, no guys. Barney. There is no all of the epicness without Doogie Howser yeah. MD. So there you go. Exactly. Great pick, man. Great freaking pick. My number two goes to Scrubs, a more comedic relief when it comes to the medical shows. Mm. Uh, I'm a huge Zach Braff fan. So, I mean, it only makes sense. And, I mean, so many people came out of this show, too. And I, Young Day Franco. Young Day Franco was on it. Elizabeth Banks. Yes. I mean, so many epicness. Epic, epic. Uh, I watched, I binge-watched all of the nine seasons on, I think it was on Netflix or Hulu, one of the two. But it just uh, definitely a more comedic relief. Of course, you have your some dramatic moments. But definitely a more comedic relief when it comes to doctors just trying to learn the way. Because, really, it's such a dark kind of field to get into but i mean their intentions are always good and trying to help people out but it's definitely something that i think more people should watch to kind of understand like doctor's thought process thought process when it comes to like helping people so yeah scrubs yes i agree i enjoyed it i'm a huge zach braff fan i thought the show was just fantastic and it's got the other becky yeah, yeah, right. The other Becky. <laughs> the other Becky. Okay. Anyway, uh, my pick. Uh, let's see for number two. Now I'm really showing my age here. Mash. Mm. Yes, Mash. Alan Alda. Mash. Hands down, in my opinion, one of the best shows ever in television history. Yeah. Ever, guys. It started as a movie, became a TV series. All right, Donald Sutherland way back in the day, like, like I mean, it was just insane how popular the movie was, but then became the TV series, and basically, you know, this little short Korean, not even war, remember they didn't even call it a war, it was police conflict, lasted like 13 years on TV, even though the whole entire conflict was like, you know, a couple of years. But um, here's the crazy thing, guys, the, the series finale of this show, if you want to know how popular this show is and why I love it so much, um... It aired in 1983. It is still, all these years later, 1983, y'all, it is the most watched television show in history. 105,970,000 people tuned in to watch oh, that wow. finale. It is the only thing above it in all of the most watched shows ever. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, MASH. MASH. And then Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. So it is literally out of the top 25 most watched shows ever, the only actual show that's not a Super Bowl that is in it. So it holds the record for the most watched TV show in history. Oh, can you even imagine? Now you're struggling for 3 million viewers. That thing, yeah, 105 right? million viewers. What the fuck? It's crazy, man. Yeah, dude. that's a, It's insane. But, I mean, like I said, Mike Farrell, Alan Alda, just Loretta Swit, the amount of people that came off that show and, and the importance of that show and what it meant to people – 
it's just it, it doesn't surprise me that it's as popular even today as it was back then. Agreed. So my number two big mash. Boom. Of course, I've been hinting at it the whole time. <laughs> my number one goes to the one and only Grey's Anatomy. Everybody knows I love Grey's. Everybody what? knows. Do you like no? <laughs> I fucking love Patrick Dempsey, <laughs> and I love Shonda Rhimes too. I mean, she's an epic, epic creator and writer and showrunner, creator, all these good things. Ellen Pompeo. I mean, just who hasn't been on Grey's Anatomy? I mean, freaking like I said, um, Patrick Dempsey, um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Not what? What did you call him? Robert Robert Dean Morgan or some shit. What? What? Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. no. Uh-huh, no. I, I always say Jeffrey Dean Anderson because it's Dean Richard Anderson. Dean Anderson, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. There you go. There you go. And then, I mean, Jesse Williams, Sandra Oh, like so many, Eric Dane, so many great people have been on this show. And I mean, it's crazy that there's only three original cast members left and possibly only two after the upcoming or two upcoming seasons because we were talking about a little bit earlier on a different show that it might continue on without the ellen without mm. ellen pompeo so mm. that would be very interesting to see I, I i think it would be a mistake i think it would be too i think i mean i love all the other actors i'm sure their storylines would be great but i just can you have a Grey's anatomy without, without gray yeah like i just don't think you can do it i don't think so too it is a great show, though. I'm just a little a little story for you. The very first episode I ever saw was not the first episode. I, wow. I didn't. T- I came in. I watched it. Uh, they had it on after the Super Bowl one season, mm. and I forget what season it was, but it was the episode where the guy had the unexploded bomb inside him, oh, shit, yeah. and they had to do surgery on it and everything to try to remove it, and everything was great. And then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, boom! Yeah, it explodes, you're, you're and everything like, is just like. And I was like. Holy shit. Yeah. I need to be watching this show. And so, it, yeah, just one of those epic moments where, and great episode to have on after a Super Bowl. Yeah, right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, I'm like, good job. Good job. My number one is the new, <laughs> soon to be, you know, I think will one day eventually pass Grays as that record holder. Everybody said it couldn't happen to ER, but it did. So maybe it can happen to Grays too. I'm talking about Amy Holden Jones's epic masterpiece, The Resident. Mm. The Resident. Guys, it's a fantastic, fantastic medical drama. I'm trying to get J-Lo on it. I'm trying to get Lil' Cam on it. It's got a brilliant cast. Matt Zuckery, Team Logan, for all you Gilmore Girls fans out there. Logan, and for all you, you know, The Good Wife, come on now. Come on, Cariagos, that guy, Matt Zuckery, he's so fantastic. Emily Van Camp, obviously. Bruce Greenwood, Malcolm Jamal Warner. Uh, I mean, just Jane Leaves, Morris Chestnut. I mean, like a shit ton of awesome, awesome people. Corbin Burnson from my f- number five, St. Elsewhere, uh. on this show as Emily Van Camp's dad. And um, really hardcore drug line story and suicide story. and just um, But the whole idea of this show, it started basically to kind of point out and highlight the problems with the healthcare system in yeah. America. And they deal with the corporate like how hospitals are now corporate run and it's all about money as opposed to the patients and and all these kind of dilemmas on top of all of the other storylines that you've got going on right. with the people and individual stuff and it's just it's phenomenal writing it's a phenomenal cast it's great drama it's funny um just yeah Guys, you got to get on it. You got to get on it. We've had numerous guests on the show that have been on both oh, yeah, Grey's Anatomy true. and The Resident. We always like to poke back and forth and fun, but uh, it's just, it's a great, great show. It is. That's all I'm saying. My number one, The Resident. The Resident. Oh, man. Great top five segment. We want to know your top five medical shows. What are they? Be sure to 
comment below on the podcast platforms in the comment section or be sure to comment below on the official YouTube show or on the YouTube episode because we, we just want to know. We love the fan interaction. Absolutely. It rocks, man. It rocks. Uh, now heading over to box office. Recap. Oh, Tenet didn't do as well as the, mm. the people thought they would. Nope. Uh, but I predicted it spot on. Uh, Tenet came <laughs> in at number one, but uh, they predicted around 25. I predicted around uh, 15 to 20, and it got... 20.2 million there look you at, go look at me being awesome and number two is new mutants it came in at three million i predicted one to three unhinged came in at number three with one to eight i predicted one to two uh bill and ted face the music uh came in at seven hundred and seventy three thousand. Uh, and the SpongeBob movie came in at three hundred and forty-five. I got to be honest with you. Uh, this whole Sponge on the Run thing, I am shocked it's that sticking it is around. St- it's still sticking around. I know it's limited <laughs> as to how many yeah. movies are out there, so maybe that's a part of it. But I'm just, I'm shocked that it's still in the top five. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting, man. It's pretty interesting. Uh, but new movies coming out this week: The Broken Hearts Gallery. Mm. No idea, but it sounds interesting. It does. Um, and movies you can still go see right now are Tenet, Bill and Ted Face the Music, New Mutants, Unhinged, and The Personal History of David Copperfield, mm. uh, which I heard is pretty good, yeah, to be me honest too. with you. Um, but this week, I think uh, they're predicting Tenet to be around like five to 7,000. I'm thinking more like ten to 15,000. Or a million, not five to seven thousand. Uh, <laughs> five to seven million. I'm predicting around ten to fifteen million, uh, just because it, a lot of people were talking about it this past week, and it seems to like. I think it has some legs. I think it has some legs, even in the time we're in. Um, the Broken Hearts Gallery, I think, will come in at number two, but I don't have much faith in it because everybody's going to go see Tenet, and I think it's going to get around like two to three million maybe and new mutants i think it's going to be pushed to third place with around one to two million unhinged to fourth with around one to two and bill and ted face the music i think that is also going to drop below a million like it was this week and uh i think it's going to be under five hundred thousand. Mm. so mm. we'll see man uh, i can't argue really, any of that yeah it's really interesting right now it's really all up in the air so broken hearts gallery um i still have no idea what it's really all about but Eliza is in it. Philippa Sue from Hamilton. Yeah. So go see it. Eliza. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that's enough right there. Just go see it for Eliza. That's a, you know, I'll be, I have no idea what the movie's about. Yeah, but. no idea. <laughs> uh, but now heading over to IMDb Pro Top Trending segment. You guys know we love this app. We use it each and every day to fill out our industry news. We use it to, uh, take in new casting auditions because you guys know we have things in various stages of development so we're taking in some uh, auditions right now uh, getting some uh i mean in these crazy times of covid19 self-tapes are a big thing and yes. i mean it, it was going towards that anyway i love watching self-tapes i know uh, it's I mean, so good yeah it's so good but you can track films you can track stars you can track um People, just so many different things. It's Go great, look guys. us up, man, and, and submit a self-tape if you're an actor or actress out there. We're, we're casting. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, the top trending movie, by no surprise, is Tenet. Makes sense. A lot of people talking about it right now. I really want to see it. Uh, the top trending TV show is Cobra Kai. Yes. No doubt, like, Netflix has given this thing new life. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I just finished the second season of Damn. 
It was intense. It was intense. I have a theory. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you haven't watched Cobra Kai yet, I'm sorry. You know, just cover your ears for a minute. It is what it is. Now it makes sense to me that in the first season, all the way back near the first episodes, they made reference to what Allie's career is. Mm. Allie might be mm. returning to help, help with the surgery yeah. to make sure he doesn't go paralyzed. That's uh, That's good. That's a good theory. Uh, that would make sense now why it was so important to put out there that Allie was now a surgeon and a doctor in Denver. Yeah. Because they're going to need one to come save him. Yeah. Well, I'm really interested to see, like, is there going to be a time jump or is it literally going to be, like, him still needing surgery and she's going to come in or, like, I don't know. Because the first season to the second season, it was literally, like, school year to summer. Right. So, I mean, now, like with school just starting back up are we going to continue the school year and just damn but i gotta say my favorite character is robbie honestly because i think he's had the most character development out of everybody i i would agree with that i mean i'm a huge just fan overall i think the writing is brilliant it is really good um it's grounded in enough of right now but you get that you get that throwback you You get all the memorabilia you get all the love from the original karate kid movies um i think it's a nice mix a nice blend and uh yeah man it makes sense why it's tracking right now yeah and god damn it i just want larusso and fucking lawrence to be friends they've made uh well (laughs) they're so close there's been like three instances where they're like i gotta tell you though i think that's gonna happen because with crease taking over cobra kai now i i feel like Johnny and, and, and Danny are going to get together yeah. to take him on. That'd be great. So, I mean, you know, yeah, it only makes sense. Dude, it, would, it would have like, to happen. My favorite scene, though, honestly, in the whole entire thing was when they're riding, test driving the car, and they're both bumping the 80s music, and they're yes. like, oh, you like this? Yeah. yeah. Who like, doesn't love Ario Speedwagon? <laughs> that was my favorite line. It's so true. That would be like a Barry Manilow thing. You know you love Ario Speedwagon. Everybody does. Like, it's so good, man. It it's so good. And Richard Jewell is in Yeah, dude. <laughs> that guy, man, he, is, he just pops up in the oddest things but he's fucking hilarious in this show you guys man sorry about all the spoilers but you guys need to watch it check seriously, it out man. seriously and uh, by no surprise the top trending star mm. is still chadwick boseman of course mm. after his passing which is still just super crazy michael b posted some awesome like this awesome like uh, they were obviously on the press run for black panther and uh, he posted this clip from an interview that they did and they were both just just cutting up man having a good time and enjoying each other's company and it's just it's crazy it's crazy to see like just how a vibrant soul he was and yeah it's it's still such a sad thing it's really touching when michael b said you know he's going to dedicate the entire rest of his life to to live up to yeah what chadwick boseman opened up for him yeah. and you know for anybody who doesn't know chadwick boseman literally opened up the door and started Michael B. Jordan's career because remember the story about Chadwick Boseman walking away from the soap opera because he didn't feel right with the interpretation of the character. Michael B. is the one who got recast in that that role and launched and launched afterwards. So literally opened the door for Michael B. So yeah, just really touching, man. It's super crazy. Super crazy. Well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening and getting a little crazy on episode 129 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We got to thank our guest one more time, Jay Alex Brenson, for coming on the show and just dropping the knowledge, man. It's always good to talk about the gray because we got to get there, man. We got to get there in society. We do. 
Uh, be sure to follow him on all social media platforms. Be sure to follow the company and the podcast on social media platforms. Of course, at Crazy Ant Media and at ItCaf Podcast to follow the podcast. And you guys know you can follow us both individually on social media. Myself, JLo Fantastic, and Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's right. And be sure to listen to this podcast and subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. You can also listen and sometimes watch on YouTube, uh, all the good things, man. Be sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com to just keep up to date with everything we're doing here at Crazy Ant Media. And of course, to start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear, be sure to click on the merchandise tab and start shopping away, man. Just Absolutely. Seriously. A lot of good stuff, though. A lot of good stuff on this show. Um, I always love when we talk about the executive stuff mm. because, I mean, with everything so focused on streaming, they're trying to find the best possible people for the job, especially Netflix. Like, I love how they say it's like a competition. It's like a sports team. You have to compete for that point guard position to be the quarterback. If you want to be head of something, you got to prove yourself. Even if you're there, you still got to keep grinding and working your way up to something new and better and if you get comfortable and if you think you've made it that's when you're gone that's it that's it and uh, another thing too i really enjoy talking about the executives too because it seems like every week we're talking about that a woman has been put in charge yeah that a woman has taken over a department Mm -hmm. or is leading and i love hearing that i love talking about that i think it's been far too long in the making i think we need fresh eyes we need a woman's point of view and we need capable talented creative women to be running these things so the more and more we report on that i always love talking about that agreed um thoroughly enjoyed the top five what 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 a bunch of great medical i know right i mean like you know and all the incredible actors that spawned off that that was fun yeah um yeah and of course the interview jay alex dude so good so good watch all rise people watch all rise seriously definitely worth it definitely worth it and of course talking about the only O that matters Oprah. Oprah